Hello and welcome to the 6++ Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom. Welcome ladies, gentlemen and parachuting falchions to that 6++ Show. If your attention span is Horus Lupercal, then we are the Chaos Gods, vying jealously to hold it in sway in this teeming world of distractions. Much like the Chaos Gods, there may now be a few too many of us, and the end results of our schemes may vary accordingly. Smashing the UKTC circuit, bearing the torch for the bang average, bringing our best and playing the game the right way, we are the Plus, and we are Legion. I am your host, Tom. I'm back in the chair. And I've got to be on form because there was a very good episode without me last week that I listened to and thought, oh, God, they don't need me at all. I need, to, I need to step up. It was really good. I really liked it. Um, you are surplus to requirements. Exactly. exactly. Surplus to requirements, in fact. So surplus to requirements. Is great. <laughs> <laughs> that is my one contractual it's joke. well. Goodbye. Yeah, great. Every, every time we ever get rid of anyone, can we make sure that we tell them that they're surplus <laughs> to requirements? <laughs> <laughs> we can announce it on Facebook. Yes. Um, I am joined tonight by a whole, a whole team of all-stars, but first and foremost, of course, is my dear leader, Chris. How are you doing, Chris? I am very well, thank you. Chris, is there anything new in your hobby 40k life? Um, I played a game of 40k with Admec, and it wasn't against myself. Oh, very good. Found a friend. Oh, yeah, friend, Mr. Jamie Easton, his iron hands, um, and it was so much fun. What I found really interesting is that when I used to play Admech, when they were at their height, I didn't actually really enjoy playing the army, per se. They were obviously very powerful. Mm, um, I know that one. Yeah, but um, playing the game, and just it's so different to how to having played Harlequins. Um, you know, it's just a complete, you've got big blobs, and you've got, you've got oh, you should be scared to stick your head out with your dreadnoughts, because I can lap them all with my las chickens and stuff. Mm. And, oh, you want to fire your entire Iron Hands army into this 20-man ranger block? Well, I want a two-up save, and it doesn't matter what you're shooting. And <laughs> it was, yeah, I had, I had so much fun playing it, and um, it was uh, like an 80-something, 60-something win, and... Um, Especially on conversion, which actually really it was not a great map for either of us because you can hide everywhere. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, I really, I really enjoyed playing the army. So I got a game against Mr. Jamie Clifford and his Grey Knights um, in a day or two. Exactly. I'm just trying to test the army out. Like, I do actually think it has good play. Um, and I've got getting in tech pieces because um, the main issue is if someone can get into all your shooting units at the same time. Um, because then obviously you can't bring your firepower to bear. You don't have much combat threat at all in the list. Um, so I'm just introducing ways of kind of um, holding that off. You know, like the techno archaeologist, for example, who has yeah. the 12 inch. That's um, the one I like. He's the, he's yeah. the clamorous for you, isn't he? He does the same thing. Yeah, basically. 12 inch. Yep. No, deep strike. I've got, I had a full back and shoot. I've now got another form of full back and shoot in there. Um, I've got two Not units of Cerberus Raiders who are very good at screening, but when they're charged, you can move, um, it's for two CP, but you can move, do an all move, so 12 inches away. Those sorts of things are really good into like demons and that sort of thing. Who yeah, super, in super good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of taking in the stuff. So now it's the next thing, step is playing all the missions on UKTC and working out how to deploy. Like for example, the two four-man Iron Striders. It's actually really hard to know where to put them to then get firing lanes for the future turns. So it's like just learning where to put the units. And then I think, 
the actual game plan is really pretty standard. You know, you buff up your vanguard and you go stick them in the middle and say, deal with them. If they choose not to deal with you, you need to black with your vanguard. Until they die. <laughs> and you're like, right, I'm going to do the same with rangers. And it's, uh, meanwhile, you know, you've got all the shooting threats. So it is, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. It sounds so, like you've enjoyed it. That's really exciting. That's take fun. Take to Manchester. Yeah. Um, oh, sweet. Oh, amazing. That'll be really fun. Yeah, just fine-tuning the list at the moment, but I'm pretty much there now. I've got one decision left to make, really, which is whether I take a seven and a six of Rust Stalkers, um, so like two medium-strength combat units, or do I take one ten-man unit of Rust Stalkers, mm. um, which are really good at things? Because they need CP, really, to do well. They do, so, yeah. Um, for the extra attack, the extra strength and stuff. Or do I say a 10-man, and then that probably will give me room for like more plasma, maybe another naked 5-man to just mm. screen and that sort of thing. That's the final decision I've got to make. Um, yeah, happy with how the list is looking. That's that's actually massively exciting, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how you get on with that. It's nice to see one of the, the old favourites come back. And I yeah, I th- they're one of those armies where it's like there's some power there, but actually there's, there's not there's not that many people playing with it, and that's really exciting, right? You can get creative and you can be on the front line with it, and that's super fun. Like yeah, their win rate's more. totally in the bin, right? Pardon? Their win rate's win totally in the bin. But, yeah, yeah like, yeah. I've been a lot more experienced with 40 yeah. pace since I last played them. And you kind of, having played the Harleys, you kind of know what powerful armies you can do. Yeah. And you can see how this is powerful. Yeah. And I think it will like UKTC as well. Yes, exactly. The angles you can cut on touching that. Touching the terrain and shooting out whilst being on... And therefore, being on area terrain, you get plus one to your save on top of being plus one to your save against one damage for Lucius, on top of your cover save, on top of the fact um, that you're ignoring AP one and two, means that you can kind of just shoot with impunity with one unit. Hmm. Um, yeah. I remember how nuts it felt at the time. So it's like, yeah, it's just the whole board you've got, really. Or the I've relevant. Plan, I'd make it. The bit of it you actually get points from, all of that board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, right. man, they were the terror, right? They, they were. were. They were. They're very scary. It'll be really cool to see if they can make a comeback. That'd be very exciting indeed. Um, okay, great. Well, we've got a whole bunch of all-stars here. Um, you've just heard his dulcet tone, so I'll start with you, Davey. How are you doing? What's what's new in your world? Well, hello. Um, <laughs> yeah, same old, really. Um, hitting up local tournaments. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. And uh, <laughs> every one of them. There, there isn't one that can survive without me attending. I, I'm like Beetlejuice. You just say... <laughs> You, you you just say forty k three times in the room and I'm I'm on the BCP app. It's weird. <laughs> I just appear. I just appear. Excellent. Um, but you know, all good, all good. Uh, obviously, you know, still pushing Tyranids. Uh, I had a really interesting weekend playing two events, mm-hmm. two different lists, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, been eyeing up a bit of eBay Black Templars. Uh, um and Aaron. Um and Aaron. Interesting. I know, um and Aaron. But I was just talking to Aaron about it, and I was like, ah, you know, like every army that I've, I've fancied, like I bought some Chaos, and I didn't really go with it in the end. Um, and I don't want to do that again. And I kind of think that sometimes other armies are a bit like, like when I was at uni, like the girls I used to fancy at uni, it was actually better fancying them than actually going out with them. It's the thrill of the chase. It's the thrill of the chase. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. That is not where I thought that was going. That is, that's just veered so far off where I thought that was going. To <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do. I do know what you mean. It's a grass is greener thing, Davey. There's definitely. There's definitely that. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I'm very lucky. I went with Tyranids this time last last year when I decided to, and uh, ended up pulling like the most varied, dynamic army probably in 40k. Yeah, 
Mm. I was going to say, yeah. you just love Tyrion and Davian, and just accept that, and that's what you play. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Specialist. Tyrion, Tyrion name. Yeah. You know, but I've had this weird feeling, man. I've had this weird feeling the last, what, I want to say three days, where I just wanted to buy a model, right? And I just could not decide what to buy, and I was like, but I could just go and buy, like, a Castellian Black Templar model and just paint it. Why not? But then yeah, I'm just going to have, like, a do. box full of assorted models. I'm always amazed by people who paint models, right? on youtube channels they paint all these models all these models all these models and then what do they just go in a box in the garage never to be seen again oh man that just that just i'm too northern to have that much money sat in my garage man (laughs) (laughs) i can't deal with it anyway sorry i've gassed on no it's exciting i think yeah the, the the next army thing is always always difficult i think it's worth just playing a few things and seeing if you enjoy playing them and I know that Lee Jones's Black Templars are sat not doing much right now. So if you ask very nicely, he might let you try his. What you could do as well is you could download uh, Tabletop Simulator. I finally <laughs> have a friend oh. in 6 plus plus who will suffer through the online struggles of TTS. Yes. It's great. You can practice into uh, Tau. Tau. Uh, I'll play a bit of Tau. Uh, tau? <laughs> great variety in there. <laughs> Mate, go, go speak to Tactical Tortoise. This isn't that channel. <laughs> yeah, well, I just wish I had some friends. Yeah, my house. We, we, need, we need to get Ed some TTS friends. How, how are you doing, Ed? Um, welcome. This is the first time I think we've both been on show at the same time, so excited it to see is, how the hell yeah. this goes. How are you doing? What's your 40k life like at the minute? Well, I hope it's more civil than the last time we played 40k, where we just abused <laughs> each other across the tabletop you, for yeah, three you hours. Really, you were really angry with me. You were really angry no, with me. No, only... only <laughs> In a comedy outrage sort of way, as yeah, is my, yeah, yeah. As it's my, my way. Uh, no, terrible. I've got awful back ache, uh, neck ache. I've woken up and I've pulled a muscle, uh, and I've lost to Dark Angels. So life is awful, and there's no point. <laughs> in no, no, not again. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't lined it up. To be fair, um, so people have been talking about the Tau versus Dark Angels matchup, saying that it's a zero twenty on WT scoring. You're going to get scoring. an eleven nine, right? My my goal is on the optimal map to get an 11-9 win into Dark Angels. And I mm. played against Ben Pritchard, who is fantastic. He's a very, very yeah, good Dark Angels player. He was, yeah. yeah, he was third Dark Angels last year. And I yeah. got a 8-12 loss into him. Again, on the best deployment map. Mm. But uh, I, uh, it is Tides of Conviction, because it's the, the only one where you can shoot them from a distance that's really is that the best one to play against them i lost against them on that one on the weekend well if if you're playing if you're playing tau Ah, specifically yeah yeah it was a little quite as ideal for drakari but it it was a little bit different (laughs) when you were playing yanari oh was that this weekend just gone yeah this weekend oh wow I'll have to uh, congratulate him for. Oh uh, no, well, sorry, it wasn't Ben Pritchard. It was, but it was a, it was a very good dark angels. Sure, this is sure, different. sure. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, no. So uh, I'm in, I'm in pain, and I've lost the dark angels. Yeah, so as, as I said in the video that's coming out, I've had to ritualistically shave my head. Yes, you can see that. Yeah. Uh, as honor, honor dictates, and uh, you know, if I win some <laughs> games, if I win some games at Manchester, then I will uh, allow myself to grow the hair back. Oh, in addition to losing to Dark Angels, you've lost some hair, or are you just trying to imitate me? <laughs> After our discussions <laughs> last week, my eyes. Like, I want to be him. Ah, I'm his energy. the thing I hate the most. My hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's a falchion in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's another one at Manchester. Then we got a good contingent going to Manchester. By the sounds of it, that's going to be exciting. Um, and you will also have heard that the one and only Lewis is here. 
Hello. Lewis, how are things? How are you doing? Things are good, thank you. My uh, After last week, my falchion has gone from a big yellow brick to a big yellow brick with some black and silver on it. Yeah. And a little bit of red as well. Because um, oh. is there any other colour that you can do fuel barrels other than red? Um, <laughs> so, no, it's now. We could do the more. Oh, yeah. Earth. Yeah, that um, was a revelation um, last, week, last week. That was a that was a whole experience. The, uh, as tempting paint. as it was to add Modern Earth onto two hundred seventy five pounds worth of Forge World models, I didn't quite go with it. That's, yeah, that's the other thing about the Falchion we didn't talk about last week because I'm going to go off on Falchions now. So settle in, everyone. Is that it's so expensive and it's the worst model in the world to build. But that's it. But I have it now battle ready. Um, so uh, I yeah, will be cool. moving on to other other things. Yeah, I post into the Six Plus Plus Discord. So check it out. Um, it does look very nice. It has, but it's gone there now. So it's. It, I've not done any highlighting or any weathering or anything like that because I haven't got time for before Gibraltar because I'll get the rest of the army done. So they're yeah. all just going to have yellow and then glazes and washes and then that's it. Amazing. Um, so yeah, um, also almost sold out the Saffron Walden GT, which is very Ooh. exciting. Got three tickets left as of recording. Um, so uh, apparently it's a shark tank free, these days. Anyway, well there are some very good players, um, excluding all the blue slot. Well. Um, yeah, yeah, we just get we just lose to some other. There's some other team that beat us apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's really exciting. And then uh, just confirmed the Sigmar Slam for second and third of June for our Age of Sig- Sigmar contingent, um, uh, also in Saffron Walden. Uh, oh, I, think the, I think I might do that. That'd be that'd fun. Be, that'd be really good. And yeah. the famous, the world famous Jack Tight is going to be running that with me because I don't know anything about Sigmar. So I'm going to look at the cool models and make everyone tea and coffee all weekend. Um, oh, so oh, he's going to run it, but he's going to use my terrain oh, cool. and stuff. So looking nice. forward to it. Yeah, super exciting. What, so when's the when's the Gibraltar deadline for your Imperial Fist? Gibraltar GT, we are flying out on the 23rd of April. Okay. okay so I've perfect. got a month and a bit to get. Yeah. I've got another five yeah, got heavy intercessors, ten normal intercessors, four centurions, and three characters to paint. Obviously. Well, good yeah, stuff. Absolutely. So, well, just that it's just yellow, isn't it? You have to do so many layers to get yellow done. That you do. What you think is only going to take an hour. It took me two hours this morning before work just touching up the mistakes on the falchion for where the wash had overrun and things like that two hours just going around it doing tiny little bits of yellow um, do you airbrush your yellow or do you brush paint it do it all by hand mate all by hand you're unwell white and yellow by why hand. would you do that well, to without a brush <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah no brush at all just lick it <laughs> finger painting smear it on with your smear it on <laughs> All I'm saying is, I think you'd win best painting if you did it with your hands. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do finger painting. Um, I just get a load of five-year-olds around, and they'll just go all over it. But no, yeah. I mean, that was it's... a key step in my um, my modern earth painting. Give two-year-olds some brushes, and uh, I was going to say, genuinely, you could, couldn't you? Just farm it out. Yeah. You could do a little sweatshop and get loads of people to pay pay for your models. <laughs> Six plus plus does not that condone indentured slavery. You know. <laughs> Why was I taking a drink there? <laughs> I just did a legitimate spit take. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, yeah, no, that's good. As and when that army's ready, you. As I say, listening to the show last time, it awoke something horrible in the back of my head. I had some Iron Warriors. I started painting in lockdown. And I've I've lacked a, a genuine nemesis to to run them into because other than playing into Imperial Fist, I don't really think there's any point playing Iron Warriors um, at the moment. They're not especially brilliant. 
but they are lovely to paint. And so I might I might have to challenge you to some sort of stupid battle report where there's lots of tanks running around on the board. I will um, accept as your and when, As and when you're ready to go. Yeah, that would be very fun to do. Um, do the Iron Warriors have a stratagem that works against Imperial Fists? Oh, you bet You bet they do. They absolutely do. Do you so have I think one if you that give works a falchion, Yeah, if I give a falchion and full re-rolls to hit and wound, I reckon I think it'll hurt, won't it? Yeah, it I certainly think will. It's fair to say I think first turn might be quite big in that. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, someone's going to use full rerolls to hit and wound on a, on a huge tank and it's just going to be a question of what's left after that's happened <laughs> what it might do is do that on all the centurions with a big blob of six centurions give them hitting yeah. on twos give them plus one to wound full rerolls to hit and wound and i have one centurion shoot at one individual iron warrior's unit and just see what's left afterwards <laughs> just see see how much of it you can pick up yeah bring it bring it on i'm, I'm well on. up for it it's on it's happening mm. you're going down absolutely i also I, it was also partly inspired because i watched um I am within on Warhammer Plus. I don't know if you guys have watched that yet, but yeah, yeah, yeah. like a one half hour episode in which there's Drakari running around, there's Iron Warriors, there's some Imperial Guard. It's very, it's very, very cool. Really, really cool bit of TV. One of the be- the better things I've watched on Warhammer Plus so far. Um, I think I've introduced all of you now. Have I missed anyone? No, we're good. We're Yourself. Good. Oh, myself. I, you know who I am. I haven't done anything massively exciting. I have painted some Hearthguard for my Votan this week and i'm quite happy with how they're looking i just need to do the basing and then they'll be good to go i'm just really trying to take it very slowly with the votan not least because it's not like there's any particularly decent rules to to rush them to table with at the moment i just want to make sure they're nice and pretty Uh, the next on the list is the big hammer champion guy mr punchy fist i can't remember what his name is iron the iron here champion iron here something he looks very fun um so that's what i've been doing and Obviously, I was at an event as well this weekend, so that's that's what we'll do next. What we're going to do tonight, we're going to talk events very briefly. Me and Davey have been to between us to three events, and then we're going to talk about how to be a good opponent in 40k, um, which is something, hopefully, we, you know, in our many, many events that we've been to, we've, we've picked up some experience about what, what makes for good and bad sort of opponents during the game. We'll think about before, during, and after games and different things you can do to sort of you know, I think I think we're thinking a little bit about being a good sport, but also I think just generally being being a fun experience, being a, a good and and worthy foe for the opponent. Um, and then we'll do some listening questions at the end. But before any of that, we're really good at self promoting these days, like very good. And to demonstrate that, Chris is going to do the plus roundup. Um, we haven't really done anything. Um, <laughs> Ooh, Chris, yes. Uh, yes! The subs are still going up. The views are still going up. Too like, big we... to fail, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been a we had we had some technical difficulties. So um, the podcast, for some whatever reason, Premier Pro didn't want to upload it in any way. I'm not saying there's a theme here, but both times Lewis has been on, it's not worked. <laughs> YouTube um, just can't handle me. That's so YouTube can't is. handle Lewis. So if this happens a third time, too damn sexy. No, it's definitely Lewis. Um, and then Aaron sent me his towel video, and then it turned out it didn't send. So the next day he sent it, and then I went to up or edit it, and he'd not put any of the slides on, or he didn't show the slides. Mm. Um, just showed he his introduction was like people have said they get distracted by my face, so don't worry. <laughs> You won't be seeing my face. <laughs> and then for the next 15 minutes, just his face. Just his face. Nice. Um, Aaron so, uses the same thing as me, and mine did that last time I tried to send you one, so I wonder if we need to check that, that that's yeah, you actually doing what, what it's supposed to be. Yeah, you should use what Ed uses. Um, okay. The share screen button. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
so we had did have Davies Bug Watch, which came out. Um, but in terms of what's coming up, we've got a battle report. <laughs> um, we've got more Tyranid stuff. Um, the next Bug Watch. We've got Ed, you, uh, you mean UKTC, which will be on Mission 4. Um, we've got Tom is going to be producing some videos. Which yeah, we've got the, um, the Yandam Wraith host is finally going to get out there. We've got yeah. GSC best units. Um, I think I'll probably do GSC best traits as well and just get a couple of things done this week. Um, and perhaps most excitingly, we are going to be Touchwood making the transition to streaming the podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, Unfiltered so, us. <gasps> even worse. Live. <laughs> um, we are, we've got to do a test run. I've kind of done my research, worked out how it goes. Um, we're going to do a, like a unlisted test where we make sure it works. Um, but then, if, assuming it does, we will have a go at being live next Tuesday, 8.30. But we'll plug Very that on exciting. the Discord, Instagram, Facebook page, YouTube page, all the general stuff. We'll plug that. But yeah, that's that's the plan. So that's yeah, come, on, come and validate us. We need it oh so desperately. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, what stream um, was it the other day? Someone did a £500 super chat. How do we get well, that? I think that's how does that get funneled to me? I believe, yeah, yeah. Now that's how it goes. I'm pretty sure next Tuesday someone will super chat us. Yeah, I think at least pound. three or four different that's, people will. That's how it works, right? Yeah. Yeah, to okay. be fair, Wargames Live probably has spent more on their, on their stream, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, just a little bit. The, the overhead on this is pretty substantial. <laughs> Ed's haircut is, is, is <laughs> If every time no, he has to get his hair shaved, every time he loses, I mean, God, we're going to be here forever. Oh, developing. I like it. Like you can't be my nemesis, Davy. I've already got a nemesis. <laughs> and he's got a big yellow beaten, tank. Isn't it? <laughs> he does have a big yellow tank. So that is the roundup for all of our fans. Thank you. Yeah, wonderful. Okay, great. Right. Event reports. We're going to keep this brief because we've got a whole bunch of other people here who are going to give their opinions and chat, and I don't want to force them to listen to us recap games they've they've already lived vicariously through on WhatsApp anyway. But Davy, do you want to talk us through your weekend and the the one event that you went to? Well, the one, you mean the two, because I am um... RTT two for me, baby. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, so I was at. What, I was that went, rap? What were you, yeah, yeah, man. you mean two RTTs? I think. Yeah, oh, on the MIC man. doing two RTT. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I went to the Outriders RTT, um, uh, and I, you know what? I'm going to say this: it was the best RTT they've ever done. Uh, it was pretty much on par with loads of other local tourneys that we have. Uh, which is kind of like the level that everyone's expecting now. Good terrain, mm. um, you know, very clear communication, mission packs, all that kind of stuff. They've really upped the game for this one, and it, driven by the their new new terrain set, which is the UKTC one. But they've mixed it up a little bit, so there's some tables with light, some tables with heavier terrain, and I think that's pretty. I'm, I'm a big fan of having a little bit of variety, a little bit of change. So so overall, very happy. Ironically, I was on table three for the entire tournament. So that's take from that what you will um, in terms of what I actually, you know. Anyway, so um, in fact, you know, I've actually think about the event, the local amenities and the shop itself. Uh, I would say it's actually, you know, edging top end of that, that the local RTTs because oh. you've got all the food, you've got the shop, you've got um, loads of different food options actually. So uh, free parking, all that jazz, it's everything you want from an RTT. So I definitely recommend it. Uh, also, 100% the best price support I think I've uh, an event I've ever been to. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, and they don't they don't big that up enough because it is really strong. Mm. Uh, cool. Let's get on with the game. So, um, I went two one. Uh, with Mark Parker's uh, GT winning double harpy list. Oh, so yeah. Two high tyrants, loads of counterfexes, a load of chaff, and two harpies. Uh, it was really cool. First game, I lost I lost straight away uh, to, um, to Demons. Uh, the lads came second in the entire event, so not too, I'm not too embarrassed about that one. It was only a couple, I think the last turn, he went and got big primary, so mm. that was that one. Um, then I got a win against Orcs and then GSC. So, nice. Yeah, overall, a really fun list. Uh, not my style. It is, I think, with turnage, you either have to blow your opponent to pieces or try and be cute and score 85. And that's kind of what that's. I prefer to try and be cute and score 85 while mm. trying to deny a little bit of, a little bit of scoring mm. uh, and then eke out that win. Whereas this kind of stuff, for me, yeah, I can, I can see, it was totally fun, but just not my pack. Um, some answers have some armies have no answer for the harpies, which is super fun as well, but obviously not for them. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> in fact, neither of the harpies died the entire RTT, so oh, I'll take, wow. take from that, yeah, yeah. So I bumped into um, uh, Darren from Twisted Dice at the event at, at the Outriders, and I said, You got a space tomorrow, mate? He's like, Yep, I'm like, Okay, come here, I'm there. <laughs> so I logged in a list on uh, logged in a list on. Twisted Dice and on, on BCP, sorry. And I went there the next day. So this was did my you, list. Did this you the... tailor your list to what was already submitted? Oh, 100% looked at everything, yeah, everyone's yeah. list and went, right, this is, I'm going to say the Tyranid list that will beat them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes me yeah. sad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Um, but no, uh, like, so I just took the list that I've been trying to work out for ages, um, which is the Gorgon kind of Gorgon list. Um, it was fun. Uh, most notably in this list, it has two Tyrannocytes, yeah. which is really fun. So it drops about, I think, 75, 80 wounds in front of the opponent and says, deal with that. Um, <laughs> so while I try and score some points. So I got a win first game against uh, World Eaters. Uh, it was a good game. And then a loss to Custodes, really good player called Tom Spicer. He was he was class, really nice guy to play. The most unluckiest while I had some of the luckiest draws ever. But uh, still come out with the loss. Uh, again, it came down to that last turn where he got big primary. Mm. Uh, and then I lost to Necrons. So, and that was a weird one because I'm used, I've am i been Necrons most of the time. That was the first time I've lost them in ages. So we're just not, my list just isn't as killy as what the previous Tyranid lists were. Mm. So overall, uh, with this list, I'm, uh, what, what, it's something maybe we can talk about on another, pod, on another podcast, but I'm really enjoying molding and evolving this list. And a lot of the decisions I'm making uh, to build it and how I play it, etc., are actually being made based on some of the content people in the team are producing. So, mm. Tom's uh, list valves list, for example, talking about pressure lists. You know, I tried to kind of uh, build it around that a little bit. Mm. And it's decisions like it's it's content like that, Tom, that helped me go one two. So, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, how many uh, how many um, videos am I going to have to do that have a hierophant bio titan in them before you take one? <laughs> oh, just can see how much effort I need to put in to convince you to take one. Hmm. <laughs> Dude, like I don't think I can carry one. Never mind, uh, play one. I've got one. Oh. You can have it. More than welcome. <laughs> you can take it to it. an event. We can't have it permanently. <laughs> <laughs> what if he goes undefeated with the Hierophant? That feels like a safe bet. 
do I wager the whole Hierophant that you can go 5-0 and oh at GT? I don't think Lewis is gaining anything if I don't, right? <laughs> <laughs> your yeah, firstborn, your eternal soul, something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's me. That's me, guys. That was my weekend overall. Really happy. Went 3-3 three and three for the weekend, so that's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, solid. But, bang uh, average. Yeah, that's, that's bang average, and that's that, you know that is what we are that's here at six plus plus. <laughs> See, it's above average for two in it. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, yeah. Well, a forty-five percent win rate for the season so far. I think. Yeah. It was. On the, on the Tyranids front, I should give a, a shout out to my friend Joel, who's been painting and collecting Tyranids as his first army for the last year and a half, and finally got them out to his first event this weekend at the Southampton GT. Oh no! Uh, where he went one and four, which I, think, which I think actually for his first showing, very good. So well done, Joel. A year and a half. Sorry that so... you missed. You literally missed a year and a half of Nids being absolutely. They were so good for so long. <laughs> I know. His little hands could only paint so fast, and oh, in the end, no. he didn't quite make it in time. But um, I think Joel Joel's the kind of person who's happier playing something that isn't yeah. isn't busted anyway. So, and he, hey he guys, he was having an I've got some zone tropes. They're good, right? <laughs> yeah. Dude, the amount of people you speak to, and you're like, "Have you ever played Nids before?" And they're like, "Not in ninth. And I'm like, "Wow, have you picked a good time to play them now?" Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Remember when you heard all the things about them? Forget everything. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not the same prospect that it was. But no. um, hopefully new things around the corner for them anyway. Um, I was also at an event. I was at Southampton GT. We had a couple of people down there. We had John Scrivens as well. Um, and friend of the show, Sean Kate, where we all went down together. And Southampton GT is another UKTC one. So, you know, you know the standard of the terrain and the missions. What I would say was that in terms of... Um, space it wasn't it wasn't a classic there wasn't enough board space to have stuff actually out on the sides around it was one of those ones where it was a little bit uh, tight, tight for space unfortunately parking was great tos were absolutely brilliant there's some lovely tos in that in that team that are regularly doing stuff now and that, you know they're really really good value and, and take take really good care of us all but the actual space on the board was a little bit light for the uktc one so that's the only the only whinge i would have but luckily i wasn't playing gc the cult so i didn't just i wasn't hiding my entire army under the table and they go well you'll find out in a minute what's in it <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was back on Drakari with some Harlequin soup tin, which I've been really enjoying, really fun list. Um, and it's I've got it back out because I've missed playing it, but also because there's loads of Marines around. I was like, oh, I like killing Marines with Drakari. It's a good time. And I did that for three games. I, <laughs> I, kill, I tabled 50 Deathwing Terminators around round one, which was fun. Um, but it was a very new player, and they didn't take the ones with the Storm Shield, so it's not actually as good an achievement as it sounds initially. They're definitely a lot easier to kill. And then played Empress Spears. Never played Empress Spears before. Ultramarine, Ultramarine successes, but like combat Ultramarines is how I would describe it. Deceptively okay. good. And there's the, rules for them, right? Yeah, yeah, they got a White Dwarf supplement. There's like a one-page oh, rule. Chapters. Yeah. You, so they you get put it in the chat. plus one advance and charge, a la Blood Angels, and they get exploding sixes in combat. And they can turn on full rerolls to hit and plus one to wound with strats and stuff. And they got some cool relics. Very good, actually. Coupled in with the redeploy bits and bobs that Ultramarines have, that on mm. combat stuff is is no joke. Um, I thought I was very impressed with them. Um, and this lad Sam hadn't played tons lately, so that was that was the main difference there. And then I played Alpha Legion, which is deceptively scary because they can switch your objectives off. And this guy was trying to switch my objectives off for three turns, but he couldn't roll a four up to save his life, unfortunately. Um, so my objectives very much stayed switched on. And at one point, he'd got through. And they they were he had like a couple of raptors had survived and they were going to successfully switch the objective off, but then the shadow seer intervened and bonked them with her stick, and that was the end. <laughs> and, and that was the end of that. So that was good. Yeah, good game. Um, and then two much harder games the next day. 
uh, into a very good Dark Angels list piloted by Louis uh, on Tide of Conviction. Super, super close game. I had to go all the way around the edges of him and just be like, well, where are you going then? I suspect you want to roll down the middle, but I'll be in behind and, it, and I'd take an assassinate. Killed all the characters except Ezekiel in the end. But lost on the end game swing, tied of conviction, as Ed will know. That's a that's a real <laughs> a real bastard to stop that from happening. Um, and Louis played it very well. For the first three turns, we just didn't attack each other really. Everything was just shuffling and moving and trying to stay. He had this big ball of termies with all his characters wrap up and just moving it down. All my stuff's just hiding around the edges of the board. Tio was very confused, looking at us like this all looks very serious. And then everything died, and then he just <laughs> he just about snuck it at the end. Um, and then I played Nicholas Willingale of Mind Goblin in his GSC. Now, Nicholas is a very, very good GSC player. And I was not optimistic about this game. And I was right. I got absolutely rolled uh, by bikes and neophytes and all the things that I've been rolling people with. So that's that's just punishment, I think. Um, but Nicholas was an absolute delight to play. Um, and I, I think in this game, I did a classic stupid thing, which is I deployed hoping I'd go first. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I know. But in this one, I felt like I had to. And actually, with hindsight, I didn't. I could, If I deployed the Harlequins optimistically and not the Venoms, then if I had gone second, I could just phantasm the, the Harlequins back and out of the way. I'd yeah. done it the other way around. So the Venoms were out, couldn't get them out of harm's way. So the bikes came and popped all the Venoms turn one. And then there were some very funny moments. One Atlan Jackal biker survived. Drazar killing the rest of the squad and then killed Drazar with a demo charge, which was pretty funny. It's not going to be my day, but we had, we had fun with it. Um, and yeah, obviously Nicholas is an excellent player. So well done to him. So yeah, that was three, two. And I think with Jakari at the minute, I was chatting with like Julie and Julio and Paulie who were at the event and they've, they both three, two as well. And that kind of feels like, they're in that they're in a sort of three two and if you're lucky a four one kind of spot at these kind of big events at the moment. But they certainly they certainly have game into a, a good chunk of the meta. But I just think that top set uh give them the run around right now and, and 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 shoot them to bits. But I do like on these new missions with the slightly changed angles, I think the UKTC board suits Venoms and Starweaves and stuff a little better than it did. There's more little niches you can hide in, which is quite fun. I think fundamentally they still move very well, they still hold objectives yeah, well, their secondaries exactly. are okay. And they can be decently killy when they need to be. Exactly that. Yeah, well, you still you still trade amazingly well, and against anything that can't hit you on its terms, it it still feels incredibly strong. Um, yeah. And yeah, so honest marine type armies really really don't like them still. Yeah, it's very good. Loads of fun to play. And Harley's plug in like a dream. Not having to spend CP to do that is just so good. It's so nice to have a few it's little great. squads of those. Sweet. Right, we'll move on to our main event. We're going to talk about how to be good opponents because we're all just so good we're just such good opponents we're all so nice everyone everyone always speaks so highly of us all the time um so we're gonna tell you the listener how you too uh could be a good opponent um using some stories from from the many games what we've done gone and played so we'll st- we're gonna set all of this in before the game during the game and after the game but if, if general things of themes talking points come up we'll, we'll work around and see what people think of them okay Ed can just talk about all of them at once yeah ed'll do whatever the hell he likes that's yeah, fine ed's, ed's the wild card ed does, he's, he's made that very clear he shaved his head right? you know what you're getting like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i've got the brakes wild ed's, card bitches. yeah yeah wild card ed's the bad boy of the game that's that's the angle he's working now he's got the haircut like, <laughs> yeah. you look like i commit crimes yeah <laughs> And so with Ed, with Ed, we will before. start. With Ed, we will start. Get the, oh, get the wild card out good and early. So, Ed, before the game, if you're being before a good the opponent, game, before, before the game, Ed, before what kind of things 
could you as an opponent do to be a good opponent before the game has even begun? Well, I like to start off by putting thumbtacks on my opponent's chair. Um, you want to make sure that they're... <laughs> uh, no, so before <laughs> before the game, I the, the thing that I do and I find the most important is to go through your list top down and just tell them all the things that you can do that you think are going to catch them out. I've had games where people have said, oh, no, I know your army inside out. And then you get 30 minutes in and they go, what what do you mean you can do that? And they're they're sat on the phone (laughs) and they're checking. It's like, wait, you told me that you can play the army. Even if someone says, no, I know them well. And be like, okay, let me just walk you through the the relics and the the wall of traits and don't forget this strat, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's massive. I think you can use you usually know what the sort of key key things in your list are that are going to be an issue right and i think i think explaining them at the start of the game is definitely a really but, really nice thing to do but how often do you forget like even at the height of custodies play i forgot that custodies could heroically intervene for a cp um you know <laughs> and then your opponent goes you probably don't want to be there i can heroically intervene and we're like yes i have played 10 games into custodies in the last two months thank you and then you <laughs> shuffle back a little bit yeah yeah and that's saying we can we can talk about it, but I say I think that there's certain things where it's, and this is where it varies a bit person to person. But reiterating can also be, you know, very positive and very nice. If if you want to play a game in a way that's not not causing sort of bad feelings or catching people out, I think that's that's a nice way to go. Chris, what sorts of things do you like to do before the game to be a good good person? Well, I think like kind of you touched on there, like it's a really interesting dynamic because there are. No hard and fast rules on how to conduct yourself no, of course um, in the game. It's kind of entirely up to you. Do you want to allow take butts? Do you want to remind them to not move within three inches and that sort of thing? Like for the heroics, like you get to make that choice as a player every time you go. You get to make the choice of are you going to be consistent even if your opponent's being a bit of a dick? Are you going to stick to your, <laughs> uh, your processes or are you going to actually go, you know what, I'm going to change my habits to match mm. the game? You get to make all those choices on yeah. all the time. Yeah. I would say perhaps what you want to be doing is just being consistent though. Um, yeah. There's nothing worse than like allowing take backs and then, oh, this game's very close all of a sudden, like no take backs. Or yeah, 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 yeah changing the tone so i think just like to preface everything what we're going to say is you can choose how to conduct yourself Mm. of in the game you can make those decisions there's no if you go you know what um i'm never going to allow any take backs um what happens what happens i want you to follow the rules exactly um and you make that intent clear and you're consistent with that and you expect the same back that is absolutely fine don't be a Mm. dick about it but that is absolutely fine. And if you want to be a yeah, take back whatever you like, go back to that phase if you want, then that's great too. Mm-hmm. Just be consistent. And yeah. I think for me, having played so many tournaments now, the most important thing is to have that conversation with your opponent um, yeah. beforehand because everyone does play it differently. So I do like to say um, that how do you like to go about things in yeah. terms of like intent and take backs and that? What's your thing? So I had a game a while ago and I'd kind of been warned that this opponent might be a bit hard work. So I went out of my way mm. to be like, look, before we play, how do you do that? And then we had a conversation about it. Um, and then you stick to those rules that you've out- outlined. Um, yeah. And it's about that being consistent. So I just think having, um, explaining the intent and how you want to, because also it means you're immediately having that positive affirmation with your opponent. And mm. so it just, gives you that thing and then 
the final thing I would add to touch on Ed's point is it's kind of the explaining the jank. For example, the teens event, I played um, you know, a lovely guy with his knights list and he was telling me about all the individual, all the different like knights things do. And I'm never going to remember that. It's nah. going to go completely over my head. I mean, I remember when Admech first came out and I played into Sisters and he was like, Celestine's got six inch heroic. And I'm like, right, yeah, that's really important. First turn, what did I do? Move my plane <laughs> to Celestine who heroic and killed my plane. Like, yeah, you yeah. get all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. We know that we forget all that stuff when it's told to us, right? So therefore, when we're telling them that stuff, they're not going to remember it either. You know, when I play my opponents with Admech and I go, by the way, I could do this, 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 and this, like, that's not going to gain anything. No. In fact, I guess you could almost consider it's probably deliberately confusing them because you mm-hmm. can go, I was going to tell you all of my rules. They won't register it. And then actually, haha, I can then go, surprise, yeah, I can go yeah. six inches. So actually, in some ways, it's almost like good spirit to be like, look, these are the key things. So yeah. with yeah. my Harlequins, it was that I can move really far. Um, I'll always make sure that's clear. With my light, I can move away. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I would just tell them like the really clear, simple things. I am one of those players who will go, you can, by the way, this can heroic six, or I could heroic air. Do you want to allow that? I know some people don't. Some people are like, oh, you've moved within three. Cool, I'm heroicing. Um, and I think that's a decision you get to make as an individual. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of explaining, just just try not to, just tell them the janky stuff, like, yeah. and the key points that you think are there. Don't overload them with information because actually they'll just forget. And then it creates no, that completely. when you then heroic six and they're like, oh man, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, I guess you did say, didn't you? And it's like, yeah. And you just create those slight moments where you're like, it doesn't feel like a really, but I think again, as I'll keep saying, you make that decision yourself as a oh, you player. Do. You do. And how do you want to conduct yourself in the game? And there really isn't a right or a wrong. Yeah, no, that's. I think that that first point about establishing expectations, I think, is absolutely massive. Because if you have those conversations early on in the game and you know what sort of tone you're going to have, right? You know, sort of, and that that can be where communicating things about sort of experience or you know level, etc., can be useful as well. We talked. About, I think we've talked about this with events with Lewis before, where it's like if you're a brand new player and you you know you're you're very new and you don't know what's going on, etc., making those kinds of things known is quite useful, um, and setting the tone for the game i think is very helpful and as, as you say this is an interesting one because yeah tones of games can change i had a game the tone of which changed uh just just this weekend and so it has been a while since i experienced that but actually i think consistency is probably the thing that makes for positive games above all else right as long as as long as there's consistent mood and tone and approach is set and adhered to whatever the outcome i think that's fair and i think it's it's when when the sort of um the niceties around the game turn out to be more optional or more more of a politeness in that are only really there for certain types of game state, for example. Um, then that that doesn't really do them. That means they're not they're not really very genuine and a little bit hollow. But we'll come back to that. Um, how about you, Lewis? What do you do before a game? Yeah, I think I think what you've uh, what you've mentioned that all of this comes down to good communication, doesn't it? Yeah, um, it does. Yeah. It's a very project manager term, but communication, <laughs> communication, communication is the is the most important thing, isn't it? Positive communication up front. Um, I was actually going to take it a little bit further back to start with. Um, in that, there's a few things that you can do even before the event that will help you when you f- come up to your opponent. So I think one of the first things, and this is coming from me as a TO, 
is that you make sure your army list is properly formatted on Battlescribe or the Warhammer oh, yeah. app or whatever oh, goodness, it is. Yeah. When you write your list oh, and you God, copy yeah. it in, sometimes when you copy it, it all goes weird and you just get like pages and pages of text or you leave all the rules in, for example. Yeah, in it. Exactly. Um, so it's always good just to double check that when you put it into BCP. Does it actually read okay? As a TO, when I'm trying to check lists, because I will, for all of my events, I will check a selection of the lists, which involves manually writing that list out and making sure that it all makes sense, getting the books out and make sure it all works. Mm. If I have to try and read through a hundred pages of rules to try and work out where each unit is in the list, it's an absolute nightmare. And then your opponent who's got 10, 15 minutes before the game to actually look at this sort of stuff is just not going to have a chance to work mm. out what's in your army. Um, so that is something that you can really, really easily do just to make your, the, that first kind of interaction much more straightforward. Um, and on the same vein, when you're preparing your army, when you're putting your models together, making sure that your army is properly WYSIWYG, what you see is what you get. <laughs> um, everything's properly put together and clearly represented. Um, trying to kind of do stuff quickly to get the most competitive thing on the on the table isn't necessarily going to help your opponent have the best experience. Mm. Looking at all those Harlequin players who didn't put any pilots in their boats and things like that, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> but just making sure so that when you go up to someone looks at your army they can see all right that's the guy with heavy bolter and that's the guy with this if it's all just kind of mishmash of models because you've just gone all these multi-melters are now the best thing this is all clearly multi-melters all that sort of stuff Mm. prepping that in advance putting some time and effort into your army to make sure that it looks like it's supposed to i think Mm. goes a long way to making it clear and then to kind of bring all that together something that i like to try and do when I first look at my opponent's army, I'm not very good at reading a list and deciding what is and isn't good. I kind of have to visualise it, I have to see it, and I have mm. to look at their army, which means I have to look at their models quite closely to work out what, they've all, what they're all doing. So what I like to do is, and it's a good icebreaker at the start of, uh, of an interaction, is to actually look at their models and find something in that army that you really like. Cool conversion, really nice paint mm. job, um, a, a, a group of units that you don't normally see, things like that, and actually draw that out and highlight that to your opponent. I think it shows that you've taken interest in their army. Yeah. I think everyone likes to hear that their army looks really cool or mm-hmm. conversion they spent 12 hours putting together looks really amazing. Yeah. Um, and I think you can break some ice and you can give, give your opponent a little bit of a buzz going into the game by mm. kind of complimenting on the hobby side. Exactly. Because he, even if the army doesn't look amazing there'll be something in there that they've put a load of time into or put a load mm. of effort or love into and if you find it and draw it out i think it makes people stay yeah yeah absolutely and that i think that's a really important dimension of this right which is that for lots of people it's it's a creative exercise yeah um and it's a wider hobby appreciating that right and again yeah. like unusual list again so i have this with the emperor spears chat right his emperor spears i mean in their scheme utterly beautiful also a really cool list and like low-key very strong list as well like when i first read down it it was like this honestly looks like someone's painted up Imperium magazine. It's like it's got like one of them. It's got like, it's got like one of everything. But I was looking over it a couple of times, like oh, but it all it all fits together. Everything everything's got a job here. Like it's all it's all going to work really nicely. And that was exactly how it turned out. And that you know that appreciation I think is really important. And it's it's yeah remembering and, and playing up to all of those aspects of the game that aren't just the result. I think is is really good because um, that's what the, I'd say the vast majority of players are at events for in many ways. Like, you know, they like they like winning games, but all that stuff is really important to them as well. Um, so yeah, no, really, really nice. How about you, Davey? Uh, yeah, so I've got like three things that I'll be really rapid with because everyone said all oh, the the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, 
One of them is just to follow on from Lewis's point there. Like you can obviously ask questions about stuff you're interested in. Um, but don't be afraid to be a little bit more direct, right? Because we're all playing a game. Like, you know, we all know heroic interventions, all this, that, and the other, right? Ask really open questions to your opponent that will help them explain what their army does. How yeah. do you win games? How does your list win games? Mm-hmm. How does your army work? You know, let them explain it to you. And if they say, well, I use this strategy and this strategy, like for me, I use my my home against auto advance and then charge you. Oh, and that's a strategy? Yeah. And then you automatically know, like, that's the key things that we're going to be doing. Mm. Uh, second one, and I think this is a little bit more broad, right? But it's super important because uh, I felt this recently. Uh, you're about to spend three hours with someone. The first minute can dictate how the entire the entire three hours will go. Mm. Don't be a dick. Be yeah. positive. Turn up to the table mm. without a fucking attitude problem. Yeah. Um, or try not to cough in your hand and then shake someone's hand. You know, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, come on. Mm. Uh, like, it's it's just like, um, be nice and roll dice, I think, is how the war mistress shouts it. And, uh, and I think that's really, really cool. For the first minute that you meet someone, you should just be totally, like, really up for this and be like, right, we're going to have a great game. And, you know, that's how I try and do it because I'm always excited to meet new people, even people I've already played already. It's like, oh, man, like that last game. And, you know, just start on a positive, super happy note. And then the rest of the three hours, because if you don't, you're relying on the on two hours and 59 minutes of trying to drag it up to being a positive experience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas if you start on a high, you'll end on a high most likely. 100%. And then the last thing that I like to do is to let my opponent uh, get used to the terrain by letting them set it all up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just wanting to uh, to call you out for that last point when you said the first minute of the uh, the setup is uh, detects the game. We, we played at an event quite recently um, and you turned up basically at the time not late technically but i had been i had set the terrain up and then your first interaction was you gave me attitude because i'd bribed the to to take some terrain off and i just thought that would hang out of order (laughs) yeah Yeah, i can only apologize for that Uh... (laughs) he did take a bribe to put it back on the table to be fair so Uh, no harm no foul (laughs) ashley dug me out about my commentary about his event I, right, I remember I said his event was amazing. It was brilliant. Hey, Last cool. table had a little bit light on terrain. First thing he said to me when I saw him on Saturday, you just heard you were slagging off my terrain. <laughs> Ashley, I said your event was amazing, mate. Yeah. Come on. Ashley, he's a big fan of your terrain. He just wishes there was more of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I love it so much, Ashley. I want more of it. Yeah, exactly that. No, very nice. I think that's really important. I think positivity and yeah, being friendly. There's There's two things I think that relate to that that I was thinking of that I know I'm bad with all or well one i'm definitely bad with and the other one i i work very hard to manage when we're at events these days we are there as part of teams we've got big communities that we're part of and actually we're often talking to that team the whole time via like communications media right so you're in whatsapp you're talking to your team there is actually a very real risk these days that you're more in a conversation with your team than you are with the player you're playing at points because you there's there's positives to that you're getting help you're getting advice you're reporting on the game state etc but it's very, as someone who's sucked, sucked into his phone far too much, you've got to be careful not to be 
too much with your team, too much in the digital space, and not enough actually just chatting to and, and talking to this human being. Right? There are there are sort of there'll be a couple of appropriate moments in a game in which you can probably take a bit of time to text, get advice, whatever. But you don't want to overdo that, and you certainly don't want to start there. Right? So if you're having any debrief about the opponent with your team and stuff, get that good and done before you go and meet them and start setting up and everything else. Um, that's just a very modern problem, and I am a massive addict of all kinds. So I, I, this is this is me just re- t- telling myself to be better with this going forwards. I think that's yep. an interesting point, actually. Oh, sorry, yeah. Is it appropriate to be getting advice during the game? That's really, yeah. I think from from my perspective, if I can, I can say that I, when when obviously I've only been in the six plus plus team a, a few weeks, but when I have seen you posting things that have been going on, I've tried to steer away from anything kind of constructive and just yeah, give yeah, you a bit yeah. of g up. Yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. know whether I if I was playing you, Tom. I don't think I'd be comfortable with you messaging others or or, or feeling like you were getting advice. I think that oh, no, one hundred percent that would yeah, put yeah, me yeah. off. No, completely. Um, I say it's, it's not something where I don't think I'd seek advice actively during a game. I think we like to yeah. check in and we report on how it's going yeah, and share photos games. and those kinds of things. But before games, if it's like an, arm, an yeah. army you haven't played, for example, I think we'll check in. As you say, yeah, God, imagine trying to get like plays advice mid-game. There's it doesn't no work. Way. There's doesn't no work. way there's no way that would work. No one can know your game. No I, I would I would totally agree though. I think that would that would feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Um that would feel that I try would be and odd. Take photos of them going along and then yeah. phone goes away. Yeah, exactly, exactly those. And then the second one, and I think this is an important one, 40K is an, uh, at times an imbalanced game, but also a rock, paper, scissors game, right? So we go into games and we have, often have a very clear sense of how a particular matchup is going to go. Do not make that a big deal or part of the opening conversations. You talk about the matchup and what it's like it's after that game is done. So that is when you reflect on the matchup. You can reflect on it together sympathetically because it's probably played out more or less as you both thought it would, but you do not make a fuss about it at the start because it doesn't always go that way. And you do not want to bring the psychology of how this is supposed to go, who's up, who's down, who's in the good spot, who's in the bad spot, blah, 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 into that interaction at the start. Because it's a recipe for negativity. It's a recipe for either stress or overconfidence sometimes as well. All sorts of things which I don't think are helpful in terms of playing an interesting and competitive game. Um, and it, yeah, it can be really unpleasant as well. You know, if if, if someone's sort of kicking and screaming and, and moping about the game, then that can be that can be really unpleasant. So yeah, try try not to do that. You can, there will be a time to reflect on the matchup. It's not before the game itself has happened. I don't think. I've had that experience a lot with Harlequins, yeah. and it, yeah. you know, I've spoken about it with you guys before. Um, multiple games where they come up and go, "Oh, Harlequins, man, no, I can't win this game," and immediately that's like, right, okay, so I'm expected to win now, okay. Yeah. So if I lose, you're just saying I'm a really bad player. No <laughs> um, I mean, that has played you so they're new. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, that negativity just yeah. kind of sets the... Uh, it frustrates me so much. I've had it a lot and it's really frustrating. So much so that at the team's event when I played into Custodes, the two weeks previously I played it, I knew exactly what was going to happen. I was yeah. going to get 20 would mm-hmm. But I was just like, yeah, I'm really excited for this game. It's going to have a good time. And we had... I went first and I was like, oh, what do I do here? And he went, yeah, you, I'm not going to lie, mate. It's pretty much a 20 to me. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, we can talk about that now then. So that's fine. That's yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. And I can say, yeah, I know because I've seen how this game goes before. Yeah, yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. Don't and in that instance, in. he's, he's being, a, I think, yeah, I, I don't know if I was the opponent and I was in the position thinking that's going to be 20. I, I don't think I'd be bringing that out that early in the game. No, yeah, yeah. It's very certainly it does, it does, it does, <laughs> free, it frees you up to be, 
you in that yeah. sense you've been invited to be sort of reflecting on the difficulty of the position you're in right? which, is, which is very different to sort of bringing that in and working that in un, unsolicited yeah but i think there's something here right because like I, like i don't advocate to do it at all and I, but i'm definitely guilty of doing it in the past um but i would say that is is there something around people managing their own expectations in their heads and almost and again, not again, not the right thing to do. But are they doing it just so they can say to themselves, "Well, this one doesn't matter. I can take this one on the chin." So, because if they don't say it and they give themselves a chance, they'll only be disappointed if they, if or when they lose. I think. I think. I guess I'd make the distinction between what your take on this is in your own head and how you are instrumentalizing your opinion of it with the opponent. I think those are different True, things. Yeah. I think I've, I've gone into plenty of games where I'm very certain I'm going to lose, but there's a very real difference between arriving at that conclusion and being at peace with it in your own head and saying at the start, oh, I'm going to lose this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You see what I mean? I, yeah, that's, no, totally, that's, totally. That's the thing. I think that's that's the risk with it, and I've, I've seen it weaponized. I've seen I've seen people weaponize that kind mm. of match-up negativity or match-up pessimism before. I guess I'm just trying to think of any way someone would have any, – any reason why anyone would do it without yeah trying to weaponize it but i guess i don't know it's not helpful to anyone no i but but i think it's it's also just part and parcel of the game doesn't it and it it's it's ebb and flow with strength and things and i just i think it's as i say i I don't think that talking about it is a bad thing i just don't think it's for the start of the game i don't think that's where i don't think that's where you carry that because actually the, the other the other thing about 4k that's one thing about 4k it's it's very imbalanced at times and it has rock paper scissors the other thing is that good players still absolutely destroy bad ones and that's going to happen irrespective of matchup and you don't know yet at the start of a game you don't know whether player skill is going to do that thing it sometimes does and have right you know ride right over what a matchup is supposed to go like anyway and and so that's i think that's the thing it's there's there's often other unknowns um, at that at that stage, and it's 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 sort of working out what the game actually looks like before before reflecting on it, I guess. But you know, as Chris said, there is no right way to do this. It's just that's that's one where I've seen I've seen people feeling bad about. It. And as I say, Chris is Chris with his Harlequins has definitely had to had to deal with that at different times. I don't think you'd have to deal with it now, Chris. Take your Harlequins out; you won't have people. Worrying I can now go it. and be like, oh yeah, I'm playing Admech, mate. So obviously, I haven't got much chance. Um, <laughs> annihilate them. Lovely to be in the underdog spot, right? It's great. It's a good I've time. Okay, so. We'll move to thinking about during the game. I'm going to work. I'm going to, I'm going to throw it back to Davey because Davey had to go after everyone else had, had said a bunch yeah. of stuff. So, Davey, during the game, how do you be a good opponent? What kinds of things can you do? Uh, so, enjoy yourself, obviously. Have that consistency of attitude that we spoke mm-hmm. about before. Um, discuss the game. You know, how do you think this is going? Treat it like it's it. And here we go, guys. Are you ready for a cheesy phrase? It's collaboration rather than confrontation. Mm-hmm. not as good are... as be nice and roll dice but also yeah, exactly, it's a good exactly. saying so, more, so that's what, you know yeah it's definitely it's definitely not as catchy like and you might think well yeah that's easy to say when you're not playing a competitive game or you're in the fight you're in like the top eight or whatever but you know look at mike potter and um uh, the lad from out of war the name has slipped my brain Perhaps the, you know they had a really collaborative game and it was it was in the semi-finals of the biggest tournament in the in the world so there's that but i do have a question for you as well actually guys so um as we were talking about before what are the key stratagems you use etc mm. i've got a stratagem that i sometimes get out that very like it's very circumstantial 
essentially, I'll be very quick because it's an example, Pyrovores, whenever they suffer a wound on a four-up, you can take a mortal. Mm. Right? Whenever they suffer a wound in melee. On a four-up, you can take a mortal. They've got 15 wounds, right? So on average, if, they, if this that's, someone's going to wipe the unit, that's sweet. Seven, and a, seven and a half mortals, right? Yeah, Draz melts. Love it. You can't tell them that at the start of the game because it's not important enough. It's a very <laughs> niche scenario, I right? I think you can tell them if that's a big thing. But if I'm them. telling them that one, Chris, I've got to tell them 10 stratagems. But when you're running through... It's, just, it's not in the top 10 that unit, I use. When you're going through each unit and you're like, these are pyrofoils, they're obviously flamers. By the way, when you charge them... <laughs> I think, I think his is point is more, it's, it's, a, it's a strat that you use like 1 in 10, 1 in 15 games. It's like yeah. some niche strat that it's fantastic when it comes up, but you don't typically use it. And then someone charges you, you go, oh, hold on a second. Hmm. And so, I found myself in this situation yeah. quite a few times where I go, oh, shit, this is something I could do. Or it's like Hive Tyrant fight on death. It's like, oh, yeah, that is a 2CP strat that would absolutely work right now. Hmm. And... You know, it's, 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 what do you, how do you do those extra strats? Uh, I think I've, I've, you, you need to have an expectation as an opponent that you have an understanding of your opponent's army as well. They yeah. can't sit and explain four pages of stratagems to you. Mm. I think, David, what you say at the start is that the, the key ones, as you say, the, the ones you're going to use all the time that are important to making your army function. Situational ones, you'd be there for four hours going through it every particular exactly potential combination so when you are at a competitive event if you don't know your opponent's army very well unfortunately there are probably going to be times where they do something you didn't know that they could do that there's a distinction there between a feels bad moment you being caught out with something because someone's done done a dirty on you between or someone's just used a thing in their army that they can do that's quite strong um in various particular circumstances so i think it's something you do have to manage quite carefully, um, especially if you're against newer players and things like that. But if, if someone knows what they're doing and is, is is trying to play at a good level, there is, I think, an expectation that you do learn the other armies that you could potentially be playing into. Yeah. So a very difficult balance, though. It is It is a very difficult balance. Yeah. Depends on their impact of the strat, I guess. Um, like if it's, oh, by the way, so for example, Admech, I can use a character to do D3 mortals to a vehicle. Um, that hardly ever comes up, I guess. Pyrovores, if they've got the, if you were like, if you charge them at full strength and those pyrovores can do on average seven, eight mortal wounds, that's actually quite a powerful stratagem. Obviously, I assume they just get shot away or are nearly dead. So you never really. Well, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, it's two CP as well, right? So it's not yeah, one yeah, that yeah. you t- you do lightly at yeah. all. The sure. thing the thing about it is that that's a classic. I think the stratagems are a particularly interesting one with this because the thing with stratagems is that they are useful almost always useful even if you tell your opponent about them because they like so to take that example your opponent isn't going to attack your pyrovores in melee you benefit if they don't want to do that with certain things right that that's a positive so if you tell them that you can do that you're still gaining because if they if the decision they end up taking is not to attack them in combat that's a positive for you because you've got pyrovores mm. right um but, but it, i guess it, it depends when that information is conveyed <laughs> this is the thing right this is yeah, the thing yeah. like you, you don't know how useful it's going to be say i charge them in well, there's nothing they could have done about it. But like, okay, it's, it's just it's just one I of those ones you don't necessarily me. realize you yeah. can do it until it's the moment. Because it doesn't yeah, come to the top of my mind. I had a very clear moment of that when I used to, when I used to play the Admech. I just started using the horses. For those who don't know, the horses have a two CP strat. But when they're charged, you can move them away. 
people people love just... stuff that moves away when you charge it. By the yeah, way, that's their right. favorite thing. Oh, yeah. Warhammer. Yeah, God, yeah, God, people, people just love it. Foot. They love being run away from or not making their charges. Yeah. God, they love it so much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, I'm playing Grey Knights, and he's moved his interceptors up off the objective. And declares a charge onto the um, the horses, and I suddenly like oh, I can move these horses, and he's like, oh. Well, my movement could have got me onto the objective. Um, I was just like, oh, I'll just charge onto it. So I'm then like, oh, man, this is awkward. Because yeah, that is a really important strat to know. I would now mm. play, now I would make sure. Everyone... So my solution was I just said, well, if you had the movement, feel free to move on to the objective yeah. and then yeah, just yeah, declare yeah. the charge. And I felt that was a halfway. Yeah. Um, that was a completely fair way of deciding it. Mm. And he went, no, it's fun. I just won't make yeah. the charge, and, that, and that's that's him that choosing okay. to play that game, right? Yeah. At the end, he was then a bit like, "Yeah, I mean that that gotcha, or there's some gotchas in that list. Those horses, that's a good gotcha." And I was like thinking about it because he kind of the way he said it, I can't remember the exact phrasing, but it kind of felt a bit like he was saying I should have told him. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, well, firstly, I have made it explicitly clear that I forgot. And yeah, secondly, yeah. I did give you li- the entire yeah. opportunity. You did nothing wrong in that, that like, situation. No, no you didn't. Um, and I would probably happen. have taken the same decision as him and not declared the charge and just gone, that's my mistake. I should have known. Yeah, and then you learn. Especially with that one, that was a pretty well-publicised strat yeah. when those units came out, when yeah, that book came out. That was on the community was pretty page. obvious that they could do. <laughs> so uh, for me, I try and hold myself to a standard where if, I've, if I don't know something and someone uses a strat, it's like, yeah, fine, whatever. I didn't know it existed. Fine, carry on. One of my favourite questions is, well, would you do anything differently then? Like if it's uh, like any sort of situations like that, would you change what you would have done? And then that's fine by me. I'm happy yeah. for you to kind of change the process. Um, it's tricky though when you get to that point. So when you get to the charge phase, they've filled out grey knight plays. You already had a psychic phase. You already had a shooting phase. Game state's probably very different to what it was at the start of his movement phase. So yeah. he now has a lot more information to make that yeah. decision, which is why I think he made the correct decision in saying, "Yep, yeah, help my hands up. Didn't know about that strap. Mistake player. The team tournament um, Incarn situation where he was like, you could there was a moment where he was like thinking about teleporting his Incarn into a dead unit, and then I was like, no, no, no. And then I did some more shooting, and he went, oh, actually, do you mind if I move my Incarn to where that unit died previous, like three, mm-hmm. four shooting? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, no yes, I mind, I mind that's very much. Completely different situation now, and that's one of the very, very few times I've ever said no. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I felt like I was fully justified in saying no there. 100%. But like when I played Vic, he um, had moved, he did a cast and quickened his middle cast to like back to his, near his deployment zone, put it behind a ruin. And then he was doing some other stuff. Well, I started my turn. He was like, oh, actually, rather than putting it here, do you mind if I just put it behind this ruin? And I'm like, well, I'm not getting to that thing anyway. It really makes no difference. It's yeah. a difference if he suddenly goes, oh, I've left it out in the open and he's going to be yeah, able to get yeah, yeah. And that's it's... a bit where you have to, I know Vic's a very high quality player. I know he wouldn't try and do me wrong. Obviously, if Vic had left the guy out wide open and suddenly spotted an angle as I started to move my troops towards that place, I'd be like, oh, well, actually, my game plan's now predicated on that and you might have changed things. But And it, you do have to just go with your judgment. Yeah, I think sometimes. Yeah. For me, it feels like game state. Like, if it's something like, oh, I was obviously going to raise a banner here. Do you mind if I do it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, something like that. Or just, you know, um, oh, I, I've even let people do warp ritual or something like that. They've walked up, they've done a cast in the middle and gone, I'm positioned to do warp ritual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, of course, mate. Just go ahead. Like, you know, we, we've all done the same thing. But then There's when. 
<laughs> yeah, data sky salvage. Yeah, or but then Just when take you take the back objective and save them the bother, that's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then when you get to stuff like you've done it in the psychic phase and it's now the charge phase and you've used the onslaught to advance and charge, you're like, oh, I should have ordered that correctly. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. it's a bit late for that now. Yeah, there's there's some sequencing that you just can't untangle, right? But when there are basically inconsequential inconsequential fixes, yeah, that are very easily you can see the intent very easily. I think I think being generous and being collaborative with that, but again, being consistent and both having that spirit and maintaining that spirit is good. And again, there's not this isn't a right way, is it? And again, you're making choices. I th- I feel like the I've I've always found the sort of the the phenomenon of the gotcha very interesting because you know. In my experience, you don't hear much about gotcha moments from from good players, in all honesty. It's not a term good players ever use because good players know they live and die by how well they understand the game and they don't expect anything else. Um, And some players that are more casual, more relaxed, will use the gotcha as a way of vilifying players using stuff they didn't understand or know. But communicating around it is still very important, right? Yeah. On that point, I will say, though, the further up the tables you go, I find generally there are some exceptions people are more open about what they do yeah oh, absolutely yeah and they they the gotcha angle is more sort of like oh by the way obviously i know yeah. you intend to not be in uh, range for me to heroically intervene because they know that you're yeah just playing quickly games tend to be played with intent the further up yeah. the tables you go um so i guess that might factor into it as well no absolutely and i I do think that is that is the case and and you you do get and where where people if if you're dealing with a bad actor and and sometimes you are right then then that absolutely then you do get into a whole realm of people trying to pull stuff etc but i think yeah i think that exact spirit that you're talking about i think it's that um trying to i think i think certainly for myself and a lot of people i play they want to win the game in a state of full knowledge that's how they want to win they want to they want you to know what they can do and they want to beat yeah. you anyway that's how, they, that's how they want to win the game right that's and that, that's the best kind of game is everyone everyone knows and appreciates what the two armies are trying to do can see it can comment on it can understand it and then one person manages to utilize that better they're not they don't want to win by because you didn't understand something or you know you've made an error um and as you say i, I wonder whether yeah that sometimes that's a phenomenon that you get in other situations because yeah pe- people are feeling like they need to leverage that one way or the other or hoping to leverage that right when you're playing um, the same people every three or four weeks you yeah. don't want to get a reputation for being that guy because no, uh, you yeah really then don't. you've got to play them again you really don't lewis what do you think what you got for during the game yeah so a couple of things i think a bit more on communication really um and i think that this harks back to what chris was saying about some armies like imperial knights and things like that which have a lot of overlapping buffs and things like that um you can help your opponent and explain what your units are up to um explaining what buffs it's got explaining how everything interacts um as clearly as possible um so for me i like to use tokens so my knights they have obviously i've got in my in my current iteration of knight list there's there's three characters and then another knight that's got buffs on it as well and then some of those knights give out buffs to others and which means other knights get minus one damage and some of them get extra get rules and, and things like that and there's warlord traits and relics and some of the knights got two warlord traits and so try and explain that to someone it's just a wall of text whereas if you've actually got tokens or you've got some some way of actually physically representing what's going on it makes it so much easier for your opponent to to see what see what's happening um which i think uh I think goes a long way to, to making it feel like you're being a good opponent um, yeah. and, and being as open as honest as, as what's going on. 
Mm. Um, and I think on a on a similar vein, um, it's just there's a few little things that you can do that are really straightforward, but if you don't do them, it can it can kind of tank the game slightly. So obvious ones, little things, as I said, only tiny things, but like making sure at the end of each player turn, you've agreed to scoring. Hmm. So you've taken oh, 30 seconds yes. just to go, yeah. right, I, I, I do it, I usually do it on paper. I've just got the ITC Battles app, so I might start doing it on my phone, but on mm. paper, it's like, right, I've got it written down that you've got a banner here and you've done this and done this and done this. Yeah. Okay, so are we agreed you have scored five points this yeah, turn yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. it is? Doing that every single turn, I think, just keeps that communication going and means if you get to the end of the game, you're both on the same page because um, yes. you get something feel bad at the end if, it's, yeah. if, if, it's, if stuff's it's, gone wrong. That's um, hugely important. And, and I think similar, I say little little tiny stuff, like keeping your dice rolls clear. So making it very obvious where you're rolling Into your the dice ruin, mate. Into like the that. ruin. So you can dig out your deployment zone. Those little UKTC ones are perfect for just doing 20 yeah, dice. Yeah. <laughs> what I find is no one rolls into terrain in UKTC, but what they no. do is they're inconsistent about whether they pick up a cock dice or not. And that boils my yeah, piss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I had to start, like on the first cock roll, I'll say, look, I always re-roll anything cocked. I don't care what you do as long as you're consistent. I can literally then, remember that conversation with you. Because yeah. <laughs> it's rote and it just comes out the yeah, first time I do it. That's and it. it normally, what will happen is I'll roll something and it'll be a fail, but it's cocked. I'll go, right, I'm not going to re-roll that because I haven't said it, but I re-roll everything from this point on. Um, yeah, yeah. Because it's just something I forget to do at the start of the game, and then yeah, I see yeah, a cock dice and I for fuck's sake. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah I'm sort of, I, think... I don't really mind that much. Like, if, if if it's very clear what the result on the dice is, I'm mm. happy we just keep all of them. Yeah. But I appreciate that that then does potentially cause trouble. Like, how 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 cocks do you have to get yeah. right before? So, like, I think being consistent like that is probably the safest way to yeah. do it. But no, and, you... and I hold my hands up to that. Actually, I remember a very good example. Um, guy that hopefully friends all the way through the game and all the way after and, and still to this day but it was in Gibraltar actually uh, when I was at one of the no retreat events one of the ones I actually went went on to win in the end um, but I had an opportunity to get one of my Tau commanders to get all four fusion blasters into a big super heavy thing and um, I rolled the damage dice behind a wall and then we, we were towards the latter ages of tournament, so I was getting a bit excited, so I just picked the dice up straight away uh, yeah, yeah. which he didn't see the results and I, and I got like out of the, the 46 dice, I think I got like 15 damage or something. It was okay. The thing had like 20, 24 wounds left. And then I realized I'd done it. And he said, I didn't see those results. I'll, I'm really, really sorry. Do you want me to re-roll? Because you didn't see them. And I think that's quite a, a yeah, thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Say if someone didn't see the dice and it worked out nicely in my favor. But actually what <laughs> happened is I re-rolled all four of those dice and got four sixes and did 24 I, I was about, I was about to say, I was about to say, I bet quadruple sixes were the one. Oh, no. it, yeah, it literally <laughs> destroyed this tank. It then exploded. And it was one of those tanks that does extra mortal wounds to psychic Aye. stuff around it. And he had a big psychic blob around it. So it Amazing. killed, the tank was like 500 points and it killed about 300 points of, of Chaos Marines around it and I went on to win on the event um, and he was just like, I should have just kept that 15 damage and taken your word for it shouldn't I? I was like yeah <laughs> but I mean I, I think in, in that I made the mistake and, and I rolled the dice and he couldn't see them and I got and I picked the dice up and I was like shit you didn't actually see what those results were I've just told you it's 15 damage and that could have been anything um, luckily he, he turned around shook hands afterwards and it was great and he did laugh when I got all four sixes afterwards so um, I was like I would say I'm not trying to cheat I'm not trying to but it happens yeah. isn't it you get you get locked into the game you get excited but yeah. I think the important thing is to if you do make a mistake or you do 
do something wrong or do something that that could have that could come across negatively that you hold your hands up to it and say yeah no screwed up do you want me to redo all that um because i think that's the only fair way and your opponent can make decision then can't they say yeah Yeah, exactly we roll the dice again or you, you take my word for it and i'm if I'm if I'm honest and say yeah that was completely my fault I made a mistake I didn't make it clear what I was doing I should have made it clear there's no pressure on you to decide how you want to do it if if you're happy to trust me and keep the result we keep it or if you if you want to say actually no I would like to see what's going on and I'll take the chances then um, hopefully yeah hopefully you can try and explain that in a way that doesn't put them under pressure that they feel yeah. bad about having to make. It's probably more confused at how a bolter did that much damage. Kill <laughs> fists, mate. That's what happens. <laughs> Just one shot, one kill. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, have we been to you, Chris? Yet? Have you got? No, I've just been chipping in, and being annoying. Um, right. Yeah, no. Ed's, Ed's already used his well up. His is gone. But <laughs> um, I would say it's communication. Obviously, I think pre measuring is really important. Mm. Like when I know when I am super focused and super in the game, super engaged. I'll be like, right, I'll be explaining my intent with every unit. All right, okay, um, so this unit is moves eight. Um, I'm advancing them, call a vault four, whatever. So I'm going to move 12. So that will be a, a five-inch charge. Yeah, get that dice and then down. Just show, show making it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that clear each time, setting up the situation. But these guys are moving here so they can see this unit and this unit. We When I was playing Jamie the other day, um, I had this moment where... I um, I moved out some Iron Striders, touched terrain, and was thinking, right, these two can see the Dreadnought and the tank, and these two will shoot down that field. And then we came to shoot, and I was like, oh, should I shoot the Dreadnought and the tank? And Jamie looked down and was like, you can't see the Dreadnought, you can only see the tank. I was like, oh, I thought I could. And I looked, I was like, oh, no, you're right. And actually, that if I'd been saying at the time, I put these two models here, I want to be able to see both things, then that would have been a lot better than me just kind of locking that in. Mm. So I think that's the, um, it's it's so hard, conversely, to do it consistently. Yeah. I'm, I'm super focused, I've got the adrenaline, I'm engaged, I'm like, right, I'm in this game. For me, where I, I'm more than happy to admit I can struggle is when maybe turn two or three, I realise that I've lost. Yeah. Um, that's when the adrenaline starts to go. It's been mm. a long weekend, you can sometimes just a bit disengage. I know there yeah. definitely be times where I'll just sit there, and I most of the time I make a really big effort to be really over the top positive and happy and have a great time. But I know I can sometimes. I'm not even like rude or anything, but I will just like sit there and just be a bit quieter. Um, yeah. And it's because it's a draining thing. So I know for me, I've got to make a big effort. Game three on the Saturday and game five on the yeah. Sunday. Yeah, um, I had the exact same thing in my game. When I'm winning, um, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Find it, it's not even happy or unhappy. It's just the um, kind of extroverted nature. Um, and then the only other thing I would say is make a decision what you are as a person in terms of line of sight. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, if I move out and I, you know, and you can see like a ribbon or something, I'm like, do you want to just turn that model? Yeah, tuck that in. Um, just tuck that in because then, and I I know that when opponents do it to me, that makes me feel really positive, and I really yeah. like that because it means that we're going to. It's have that a nice collaborative game. thing, isn't it? It's yeah, the, exactly. it's the helping like, each other out because that's needless. That's almost always needless. Those kinds of little it angles. Goes back to like the top players who are like they kind of they know what the intent is, mm. so have that perfect game of forty k. And I guess I'm more like that. So I'm more like oh, I'd much rather I'm not supposed to be able to see that unit if. 
um, you know, I've he pre-measured and be like, you move here and I'm going and then they've got it wrong, then that might mean to be a conversation about like intent. But, you know, again, that's entirely up to you. But um, yeah, just, I think you just need to make that decision yourself. Because I know it's very frustrating when yeah. I've had 10 rubric ter- occult terminators blast into my 10 man because I've let ribbon show and that could have been so easily avoided. And yeah, I know I should have been more careful with my movement as a counter but at the same time maybe I'm they like, should have well, terrain rules that don't let a ribbon get your whole unit annihilated i don't know like they can well yeah that's yeah exactly that so i think just make a decision on what you are and again be consistent about that but uh yeah those are my points yeah definitely i think checking and agreeing game state regularly is one i wanted to just reiterate because I, I had a game first game in a long time where there were some issues around this at the weekend and there were two things people who play me transports i play a lot of armies with transports a lot of armies where things pop out of the ground so I, I work very hard to communicate all the time what is in reserves what is in what transports and i'm always reiterating this all of the time that's yeah. something i do a game i played at the weekend ended up being a lot closer than i think the person i was playing against expected that game to be and the niceties which had been established at the start started to evaporate towards the end of said game because i think my opponent was very worried that they were in fact going to lose to Drakari, which wasn't something they wanted to do and a couple of things, there were some hard edges around a couple of things, but one of the things was a raider in which I had told said opponent multiple times had five incubi in and had had a little incubi stood next to the raider all game. And then when he'd charged said raider, I'd said, I'm just going to move this incubi because you need to pile your terminators around, but there's incubi in this raider. And I popped the incubi over. So we talked about this, I think, three or four times. And then in my turn, when I went to get said incubi out, the opponent for a moment toyed with saying, Oh, I didn't think they were incubi in that raider. At which point, we had to have a conversation about this has been communicated very clearly multiple, multiple times. And it was sort of, I think it was one where I don't think the intention was to be sort of negative, but I think the opponent was sort of very tense about the game state. And on that case, I felt it wasn't, I didn't feel like it was in good faith. I felt like, I'd, you know, I've been working very hard to make sure that the opponent was aware of where these were um, and that that was, that was being sort of played with a little bit. And then the other thing was scoring the primary where, this is, you know, like Lewis has said, if you just agree very clearly, end of each turn, exactly game state, make sure that's written down on exactly the same page. That's great. In this game, opponent retroactively tried to give themselves four primary that they hadn't got. I'd zeroed them. And at the time, I let it slide because it, it became a you and me, you versus me, you know, word situation. And it wasn't going to change the game in this instance. But then looking back through the photos of the game, some lovely photos of the game, I literally had a lovely photo of me zeroing his army. <laughs> and I was like, oh, goodness, look, I did. Look, that's, that's absolutely no primary for this round. Um, that's quite the jump. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, I got full primary. No, you got zero. Oh, yeah, no, so it, wasn't, it wasn't the full. It was just, it was just a four. It was just a four. Oh, four. Um, and there, there four, was, was a moment towards the end of this game where that four could have been very important. In the end, it wasn't. There was a little, a little bit of chip secondary got, got this opponent home either way. But there was just a couple of things there that reminded me why it's very important to keep reiterating those things, but also to do that in good faith, right? And to, I think you have to assume the best of your, of your opponent, but you also have to be very clear and, and very firm with that as well. Great. It's very easy when when it feels like for you the stakes are high or it feels like you're doing very well or you want to perform. Yeah. It's very easy to slip into a mindset that is no longer positive. And, yes. And it, it's really hard to... to to keep stuff out of that and, and I wouldn't say I was very good at that but I think I, I can very much get into it and if I think I'm doing well or games really really close I'll do what 
Chris mentioned, I'll start going a bit quiet because I'll be yeah. thinking and I'll be looking at stuff. So it will potentially feel like I'm not being positive anymore, which isn't the case. It's just that it's like, oh, I could win this game, especially mm. when I'm playing things that aren't as competitive and I'm playing someone that has got something good. And I know, <laughs> yeah. and I know there's a chance for me to win it. I will start thinking, which will, I'll just go blank because I can't do more one, one thing at a time. Mm. So I'll just stop talking and it'll be, it'll be like, are you okay? It's like, yeah, absolutely fine. Just thinking a lot. <laughs> mm. Once I'm back in the room, I'll be very back to being positive again. <laughs> yeah. And I think communicating about your own personal condition can be helpful yeah. with that. Right. I think that's, that's, that's very important. It's useful, useful to do that. This is something I, I have, um, as Chris can attest, cause he's played me, I have a bit of a sort of anxiety tick, which is a cough, very frustrating, very annoying thing. I get a sort of ghost cough out of nowhere. It's extremely, <laughs> extremely irritating. And unfortunately for me, anxiety and excitement are basically on the same spectrum. So often when I'm playing 40k and competing, I'm having a great time, but I'm also very amped up and that that can sometimes manifest that way. It was really bad this weekend. It was really really irritating. Uh but I often have to explain that no don't worry, I'm not dying. I'm all right. I'm just I'm just going to very coughing away. super pandemic friendly cough. It was a great time to have that tick during uh during the uh, the covid era so lots of fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Just I think communicating so everyone knows where you're at. No, 100%. Something that's really helped me on that, and it was something I, I wasn't really a fan of them to start with, but I think it's definitely where chess clocks come in to their mm. own. In that you can just say, so especially for my nights, it's like if I want to take 20 minutes from movement phase because I think it's important, that time's on me. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I can just flick it over and go, right, settle in because I'm going to stand here for 10 minutes and I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit here and look at the board. That's going to be very boring for you, but I just need 10 minutes to think about what I'm doing because this is really, really crucial for me to have, I'm going to win this game or I'm going to lose it. It's going to hinge on this movement phase or this shooting phase. So mm-hmm. if you don't have a clock, I put myself, I start getting anxious because I feel like I'm wasting time and my opponent will be looking at it going, he's just deliberately stood there not doing anything. Um, <laughs> quite like Slow to... night players. Well, exactly. I mean, it's very difficult for me to get yeah. to slow play anyone because I've only got six models, but um, it can be done because I have, I have spent 20, 25 minutes on a movement phase before Don't and yeah. I have measured everything out and I've, just gone off i put him there then i need to put him over there then i need to put that over there and this guy then needs to shoot over here and this guy needs to charge over here and this guy needs to do this action here and they get on this objective and then it's like cool well that kind of works how many points does that get me re-rack obviously mm. I haven't moved any models at this point re-rack start again but um it's how you communicate that isn't it to to or at least try not to make your opponent feel bad if you're on the really clock. good point man that is such a good point mm. i was going never thought about that for night players as uh, as chris said I was well, one of the advantages of being a night player is that your turns don't actually take that long. So mm. one of the huge things that you can do is take mm. that amount of time to, to get yeah. your movement phase right. And it's critical for knights. If you get it wrong, you'll end up with a knight that can be seen but can't see anything, yeah. um, which is obviously a huge problem. Um, this is actually, I think that actually leads links to a wider point. I know we were, you were talking about things you can do before the game play an army that you like playing and are going to have a nice time playing, I think yeah. is quite a sensible thing to do at events because then your opponent, I think this, this is an interesting one, but that, I think that that is a very good way to ensure a sort of positive state in the yeah. game, right? If, if it's not an ordeal for you, it won't be an ordeal for them. And that, so the lad, the lad I played round one, right, with his 50 Deathwing Terminators, he, he was quite new, he was quite an experience. He's like, I've got basically one data sheet, I'm going to run it out, see what happens, right? Yeah. He was keeping that as simple as he possibly could. He had, he, he had a great weekend, but he did not do well. But he had, he'd worked to make sure he was had minimal stuff he had to think about because he was still learning the game and still working his way around it, right? Yeah. And I think I think at all levels that can be that can be important to do. And and if you have brought something that's difficult, 
again have those expectations going in remember i've made this difficult i've made those choices right that's not on my opponent it's not my opponent's fault i've done this to myself um yeah. and, and so so take that positive, positive either be ready to be positive about something that's difficult or think about how you can set those conditions up for yourself so that you're not going into an environment that's going to be stressing you out and making your life difficult it's like, no, and know your rules as well know your rules definitely yeah. a an argument for if you take an army which has got some complicated rules and you don't know your rules well enough and you just end up cheating the whole weekend unintentionally but getting things wrong um, especially to your own advantage i think there's an interesting argument there is that actually fair play is that sportsmanship or is that actually not fair on all of your opponents because we all make mistakes of course we do and we all we've read our rules we think we know them and actually maybe we've got like a minor technicality yeah. wrong but Actually, if you're doing that because you've just picked up your army a week ago, um, I remember years ago I played into um, a Yanari list when they were at their pomp, and he'd literally picked the army up on the Friday from his mate. He had this giant tick sheet of all the different spells, and we got through two turns in that game because he just spent his entire time reading off this sheet. And it was a miserable playing experience, and he was a very well-known WTC player at the time. And uh, yeah, Ooh, spill like, the beans, spill <laughs> the beans. Like, um, <laughs> don't spill the beans. We don't need libel claims. But like, yeah, it was just like it was. It was lovely. It was nice enough, but it was boring. It was really boring because he was just reading off his spreadsheet and just didn't really know how the army operated. Um, and so you've got that bad and the fact that. You know, if you don't know your rules and your strats that well, or your aura buffs, like Admix and Minefield, all of their auras, and you can select things, they're all different lengths. Some of them are three inches, some of them are six, some of them are nine. Some of yeah. them are data tellers, some of them are It's It's a scary like, it's, book. And your opponent has no way of remembering them. Right? So you have to just have your cards, and you have to be very clear about it. And inevitably, you will probably get it wrong at some point, but hopefully it's not, you know, it's not going to be a big deal in the terms of the game and you just try and be as consistent as possible but if you have no prep if you don't know what army's doing you are far more likely to be cheating your opponent yeah absolutely that's when all the little mistakes get made right um great okay right after the game we'll rattle through after the game then we'll do a couple of listed questions then we're home we're home and dry ed you're back in man after the game, what do you do? So this is a kind of a combination of after the game and during the game okay. uh, and it's do not come and stand next to me at my table when I'm playing a game. For God's sake, keep your distance. Imagine it's still the peak of the pandemic. Give me six feet. Do not stand in way. Do not stand where I can't move around the table. Do not come up to me and start a conversation that lasts more than 15 seconds. Do not come up and talk to my opponent for a long time. Like, I'm locked in with my opponent for three hours. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it is so rude. So rude to either distract me away from my opponent or them away from me. Yeah. 15 seconds. Oh, you mean like, yeah, people. go and, go right, and, yeah, go and chat right. to others. Sorry, I thought you were talking about your opponent. I was like, no, 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 sorry. <laughs> um, like 15 seconds. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I think it's going well. Yeah, good luck. Totally fine. Great. That's, Love that's it. literally it. That's it. Like a flyby. Yeah, yeah. And if you, you know, if you're stood there giving your opponent advice... That's a hanging offence. Get away from my <laughs> oh, table. Absolutely don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's hanging. 
Well, yeah, you know. I had that at the uh, the home turf RTT where obviously me and Sean's game was a very short and bloody affair. And then I just I went to one table. I was like, oh my god, I can't be here because I there's just, like it's just there's one lad playing Eldar. I was like, I can't because I'm just going to end up saying stuff. I can't watch this game. Like he's just yeah. playing. He's playing it like he's going to yeah you know all these things. So you just I just had to take myself out of that situation and just let them all get on with it because I wasn't going to be there was too much game left for me to just be casually there without basically ruining the experience for for them right. So I had yeah. to just take myself out of it and go and chat with Sean and we went outside and stayed out of it because it's it's as you say you are locked in it's a social experience for those two players that's who it's for at that moment in time you don't want lots and lots of people crowding it you're welcome Um, to stand and watch but stand as if you don't know me don't stand next to me stand as if you're spectating you're watching someone play guitar in the park that's how far away i want you to stand the fatal thing for me is stand and watch and don't talk and i just don't have it in my head so i just have to i just gotta go i gotta go i gotta be well that's fine we'll just we'll just draw each other again (laughs) oh it's inevitable right yeah round one at manchester let's do it (laughs) Uh, anything else ed no, I think I think that's about it. I've already got enough anger out this episode. <laughs> Sweet, Lewis. How about you? What's what's good after the game? Yeah, a couple of things actually. I think um, I'm, again, I'm keeping this really simple because my brain only operates on simple levels. But shake hands with your opponent yeah. if, oh, they're, if they're happy with that. Congratulate them on the win. Oh, commiserate them for the loss, um, and uh, just have that kind of final positive interaction. Some people I've played, they want to shake hands and move on and go away. That's fine. They don't want to talk mm. about it. Mm. Others want to have a long chat about how the game went and what they could have done differently and things like that so you have to kind of judge that final interaction but i think it's really important to finish on a positive note yeah if nothing else um, completely just to say brilliant well played mate fantastic excellent yeah. or unlucky things we and could have done can, differently and you can and you it. can talk that out right you can be very clear again if you if you need to go and have a bit of decompressing you just say i'm going to go and decompress but i'll come see you in a bit whatever else you know yeah. so i end of end of the weekend this time partly because the environment partly because i've just not been i've been a bit run down from from work the last couple of weeks I really needed to go and basically just sit outside and breathe cool air for a few hours, like a few hours, a few minutes yeah. after that game. And I was like, to Nick, who, who we had a great game, we had loads of fun. I was like, Nick, I'm just going to go and call off. And we'll come chat about it later. And we chatted about it afterwards. Um, but it's knowing, yeah, it's knowing what what people need in that moment. Yeah. Um, is and and commu- again, it's the communication, isn't it? It's always just s- setting out where you're at. Absolutely, Davey, How about you? All oh, right. Uh, well, I have a slightly different approach. Uh, after I've wrote, I've made them sign my book of losers. I like to flick them fifty <laughs> pence for the bus. You <laughs> <laughs> <Just> say, <laughs> saying, "Ara sucker." <laughs> I don't believe you're northern at all. A true northern would wouldn't give anyone any money for anything. Oh, yeah, so, that's, uh... very, that's very fair. That's very fair. And what bus no, can I'm you get? Who... That's only fifty p. <laughs> what uh, world are you living in? <laughs> I'm not playing for their entire bus, Lewis. God, they lost the game, not me. You can buy a reader because they're a terrible Davey, company. Davey, can, we, can we get you an actual book of losers to, to take uh, It will be a very short book. Um, <laughs> uh, Tom, I think, I think, I think out of this out of this group, Tom's the only person to be in it. But then again, I've only played. Yeah, yeah. I've only played Ed once, and I've never played Chris. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll be, I'll be in that book. I can sign it on behalf of my income. <laughs> yeah, that was a. Yeah. All I have to do to beat Tom is play an army he's played once before. Um, <laughs> no, like, I mean, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because you've got the the classic, like, what could have went differently and stuff like that. Uh, but I find those conversations go so differently with people. Mm. Um, it's tricky. I think for me personally, you? again, it's understanding what, as Tom says, it's understanding what people want. Half the time, I really don't want to talk about the game after playing it for three hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 
and almost, I don't know. I think I'll probably just take your advice actually and just go, right, I'm just going to go stand outside for a second and, uh, yeah, breathe some cold air and then come back in and then maybe be ready to talk about it because some, yeah. it's quite emotionally draining to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But, um, but yeah, as I say, Lewis is right, you know, high five, shake hands, uh, GG and, uh, yeah, man, like it's, it's pretty straightforward stuff, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's just, don't be a, don't be a douche. Don't be a dick. <laughs> Although I think I would actually add to that in terms of when you are discussing the game, if, if that's the conversation you want to have, one thing that does frustrate me sometimes um, and something I always try and avoid doing because I think it's a, a good opponent to think, good opponent thing to do is to avoid blaming the dice. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I think it's all... amazing that we've got this far without mentioning it. Because well, I, I think, think yeah, <laughs> I think we can all say times where, in our opinion, it was all down to awful dice rolls, and and that may well be the case. Fair enough, it's a dice game; it's going to happen. But I think what you'll find with the top players, the best players, very rarely will they complain about dice. Yeah, absolutely. because actually they will be the ones who are able to manipulate their army, manipulate their opponent's army in such a way that their chances of stuff going wrong is much reduced. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're in a position where you were relying on a, a single four plus role to win or lose the game, yeah, something yeah. has gone wrong in terms yeah, of your planning yeah. of the game. The best players will stack the odds in their favor to a point yeah. where they can roll poorly and still achieve the objectives they need to achieve. Mm. So I think blaming the dice is something that, and that doesn't really reflect well on your opponent. If, if, if they're if your opinion your opinion of the game or your response to the game is oh I just rolled so poorly yeah, yeah, yeah. if your opponent might have actually played really well yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah and they yeah. might have just beaten you fair and square and you just had a shooting phase where you failed a few more saves than you thought you were going to fail and and apparently that was the end of the world I, I don't think that is the case um, no, I'm completely. I'm known for not being able to roll any invulnerable saves for my knights but <laughs> I can get around it by positioning myself in a way that only a certain number of units can shoot at those knights yeah. so that even if I don't roll very well I've still got stuff left um, and anyone that's played knights a knight on one wound is just as dangerous as a knight on 30 wounds so that's it, I think you're totally right I think you know you should I think that's definitely one thing to do is say you did really well when you did this or something along those mm-hmm. lines uh, like you know, like if it was Chris, I'd be like, Chris, you did really well when you spent two CP to retreat those um, those, those horses away from me. I didn't know about, you know, things like that. No, I'm kidding yeah. though. But great point, Lewis. Again, yeah. Lewis, Lewis is man of the match. I think for this uh, for this podcast in terms of really, really silly and points. I've been so, playing like, for a very long time. This is this is why when we had him on it once, we were like, we have to steal him. There's no other way. We listened listen to him for about an hour and a half. I was like, nope, get, put him in the bag, take him away. We want him. He's great. Well, I haven't had a chance to go to an event yet and bring your uh, bring your rankings down. So uh, uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see, see how <laughs> see how you feel after the yeah. next event. There's some people at Southampton chatting very positively about you. They thought you were an excellent. Maybe you're a little, little better than you're letting on. We'll see. I'll be interested to see how you get on. Um, I, I did have that, a fan sorry, at the LGT. Yeah. I've never oh, had a really? fan before. They <laughs> Obviously, because the two Valiants is, is a bit of a meme, but it is also, I think it's quite good. Um, mm. And someone had been following either my Instagram or something like that. And he I played him in, in the third round with his Necrons in the LGT. And he literally came running up to the table. And I was like, this is a bit strange. He's like, oh, I've always wanted to play your list. I've always wanted to play your list. This is amazing. It's fantastic. It's brilliant. And then he proceeded to completely annihilate me. I was like, okay. I don't think I like fans. <laughs> I said to you at LGT as well, because obviously um, 
I was talking to Jay when when you were you came over, but I'd been at Newcastle, seen your list, and gone, "Fuck, I want to play that list." <laughs> <laughs> and then you came over at LGT. I was like, "Oh, cool! I don't understand how this works." And you explained it to me, and I still didn't understand how it worked. Uh, <laughs> it's Super just good. it's the big stompy boys. They're, they're such a draw. Yeah, oh, they're amazing. Yeah, they're it looks incredible. And I think yes. you made you made the point earlier, Tom, about having a good time. I think. You've, you've got to identify what having a good time means to you. I yes. Think if you enjoy chasing things around, trying to be the best of the best, great. If that's what, if that's what gives you gives you joy and that's going to make you a good opponent because you're enjoying yourself, crack on, knock yourself out. For me, I pick models I like and I just think this would be really cool. This will look yeah. amazing and I try and make it work. And eventually, if there's enough practice, I'll get it to make it work. And then it becomes quite funny. Um, yeah. And then I enjoy either way. I enjoy the process and I enjoy the end result. So, yeah. Um, Absolutely. If you're enjoying I, yourself, I your opponent's probably going to be enjoying themselves. I like to find what's sort of cinematic or narrative about any game I'm playing, like whether yeah. even a top tier competitor game. So again, this you know, this Dark Angels to Curry match, it looked amazing, right? You've got these little boats all hidden around all the edges, you've got this big wall of terminators in the middle. And, you know, okay, you know a few things about the current state of the meta, you could you could be making that conversation all about oh dark angels are a bit strong wow 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 poor old me with my now not so good jacari that's still really good actually blah 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 but actually what it it just looked amazing it was a super cool thematic game and whatever the ins and outs of who had slightly better maths or point efficiencies whatever it looks great and you can have a good time with that um my opponent i played a league game yesterday and the lads played votan into my gsc does not have a prayer in that game it's, it's a really difficult matchup for him in all sorts of ways um but he was having a great time with taking photos. He got these cool moments with sort of different, you know, like Hearthguard fighting pure strains, getting pinned against a land fortress, all sorts of stuff. Where like, there are these moments in the game where it can look and feel really interesting and cinematic. And the actual outcome of the game doesn't have to dictate everything about how you enjoy and interact with it. And I think that's really important to have. As well, if you have the right attitude, you're going to learn the most from losses. Uh, oh, yeah, I've, yeah. I've learned the most from being smashed by good players. Um, you, you learn very little by winning because you're like, oh, no, you, I did the right things. Woo. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, you get your ass handed to you by someone really good. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, didn't yeah. even think I could do that. Yeah, Spot yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I'll do that next time or watch out for it next time. Yeah, and no, I think even if you, even if you've got a good armor, you can't expect to go and win with it straight away unless you are already an amazing player. I know, I know. With the Knights, I think I said it last time. Over a year before I won anything, I was going one and four events for a year, basically with those two valiants, and then it clicked. I was like, ah, right. Instead of just piling them forwards, I can actually afford to play Katie with these units because they've got mm. such a massive threat. People will stay away from them, and that gives me a lot more ball control than people would expect I would have. And then suddenly, as soon as I as soon as I did that, and it's like actually, it's more about when I when I jump on people, not going in as quick as possible to do as much damage as possible. It changed my whole whole view of the game, and suddenly I went from one and four to four and one, and 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 winning a few. So it's it's very it's it just takes a lot of practice to do that, though, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, Chris. You got any last points for this? Um, I think you've kind of you've covered all the main things. I think you've spent three hours with someone. You've probably got quite a good read on them as a person, mm. and that might well um, kind of facilitate how you go your final discussion. I know if I lose a game, um, I'll always ask them, "Is there anything you should I should have done um, differently?" Because I'm very much all about every game is a learning opportunity. Even if I've won, to be honest, if the person wants to talk about the game, I'd be like. Is there anything? I think sometimes, as we said about dice, sometimes your opponent's just like, oh, yeah, you know, the dice, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, fair enough, yeah, I'll give you that. And you clearly, therefore, don't want to talk about yeah. what you could have done differently. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not about to go, yeah, the, your dice weren't great. However, you shouldn't have done this. this like, yeah, that's yeah. not 
you that know, that you is want... the flip side to it, isn't it? Is that actually sometimes I think for some people that's it's preferable. That's that's that, that's that sort of if if, if they don't read, they don't want to do it differently. They don't want to do it, but that's fine. That that's the that's the way they want to look at it. That's okay, and they can have that. Right, that's exactly. Yeah. I want I want the you know your most of your lasting memory of the game is probably going to be the end of the game, mm. um, and that's certainly how you feel when you leave. Is you know those emotions. So. Yeah. whatever it needs to be for it to be a positive experience um you know compliment them on something they did you yeah. know just we all like compliments don't we? so it's just that positive mindset um and yeah that's that's kind of it and then later on in the tournament you see them ask them how they're getting on yeah absolutely um you know just this it's not just a one-off experience you're probably gonna see them at various tournaments again so just catch up with them it doesn't have to be a long time oh how are you getting on what have you got next blah 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 yeah um it's like minor little things just you know they go yeah. a long way don't they yeah it's, it's super lovely to check in on people like that i so say the one that always stays with me is, is the the lad i played at lgt my first game who had like 120 demonets and i've last last lgt saw him again hopefully hopefully he'll be out there the third time check in see how he's getting on see what he's running these days and i love i love those little connections that you can make and yeah you can always keep, keep coming back to those can't you Great. Okay. Awesome. Well, that's how you can go and be a good a good opponent. I guess you could write all those down and then do the opposite if you wanted um, as, <laughs> to be a sort of be an anti-hero. So Let's not you... be Chris. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I have lied all the no, Chris, Chris is an absolute gent to play. His nose is getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, as much as I'd love to go after him, he is a very good sport when you play him. Right. Okay. We're going to rattle off a couple of little listener questions to finish off and then we'll get out of here. Um, so what we got? Oh, we got a question for Ed, don't we? Am I allowed to leave questions? Is it? It was listener questions, but now I've just been continuing to leave them. I think you're I'm absolutely just allowed it's to. A, it's yeah. a pretty big ego trip now. Yeah, you just read my listener, Lewis. There's no, there's, yeah, there's no hard and fast rules with this, Lewis. It's fine. <laughs> Do you guys listen to your own? Because I have been listening to these episodes, the ones that I've been in. I've been listening to all of them anyway, obviously. But um, in particular, I have been listening to ones that I'm in. I don't know if that's sad or not. No, I think it's fine. In some ways, it's it's you're you're listening back to a whole bunch of people, not just yourself. Yes, I, I don't listen to a ton of stuff that I am in. I so said it was really fun listening to a show the other week where it was I was not in it, so I could really just just enjoy it. But it's yeah, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's fun. Um, so here's a question for Ed: If you had the choice, would you rather fight a hundred falchion-sized hormigants? Or a hundred hormigant sized vouchers. I'm going to have an an aneurysm. Um, (laughs) I'm not even super opposed to the idea of fun models, um, but somehow I've turned into just a comedy villain and the dice has been rolled and thus the role shall be played. Um, I would rather take the hormigant sized falchions because fuck it would feel good to stomp on all of those little motherfuckers <laughs> I would crunch them below my feet and I would watch as their yellow chassis broke like eggs below my feet <laughs> that I wear and I hope that fucking makes you happy <laughs> fuck Ah, oh, so good. Um, Just a shout that a, a falchion-sized hormigant would be absolutely terrifying. Yeah, that's because they're that's... fast. Okay, they don't have any guns, but they are fast. Yeah. Also, just advice, stand up, advice for um, advice for framing this question in in future, Lewis. It's typical to go for one falchion-sized hormigant rather than a hundred, because obviously a hundred falchion-sized hormigants is infinitely more dangerous. I didn't even that's a very good point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, yeah, in, like, in, in terms on. of how you wrote the question, there is room point for improvement take... for next time. <laughs> Typically, people mix up the numbers to avoid that being an obvious choice. Yeah, very, very good. 
very good. Okay, very nice. So another question, is Ed near the Birmingham area? Felt sorry for him that he has no one to practice with, which is obviously very sympathetic. Yeah, I, I live in Nottingham. I do have some local practice partners. They're just not on the team, and thus I will continue to, um, <laughs> some would say, gently persuade. Others would say bitch and moan um, until some of the team download TTS. And... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'll do it. I'd, li- I'd, like, oh, to, I'd like to get some practice in, so I will. I will. There's a couple of people I've been chatting to. Um, uh, events recently who it's people i'm not i'm going to struggle to actually go and play so yeah. i will i will try and get like one every couple of weeks into my roster is something that i'll be doing every yeah time. i struggle to play more than once every couple of weeks unless i'm on yeah. like a run-up to an event um it's it's very difficult i find it hard to treat it as competitively but they're good learning experiences um yeah. especially if you've got an opponent that you can talk through and you're sort of playing together as opposed to against each other yeah yeah um, those you are have very to in that environment don't you but i think it's super good for that and you and you've we've seen in the scene in general how beneficial that is for, yeah. for a bunch of players so yeah so then we have from ultimate funk what is the one faction in 40k you would never collect even if they were top of the meta and had an 80 percent win rate and bear in mind, we can hold you to this forever. Necrons. Necrons. Oh. Okay. Okay. Hey, Why, David? So cool. Because it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's our end. That's, that, that's our intro clip. <laughs> that's as far as I go with it. That's as far as I go with it. Okay. <laughs> that in depth. Um, no, nah, I just don't like it. Like, uh, you know. Yeah, I ju- I'm just not a big fan of like anything about them. Just hate them so much you can't even synthesize it into a response. <laughs> you know, Lewis, I don't even think it's here. I think it's just ambivalent. It's like, what is I don't this? even know who you are. What <laughs> is this? Get it away from me. <laughs> you can tell he's a terrible player. Players. There's no biomass um, there, is there? No, yeah, no exactly. exactly. Yeah, nothing, nothing for him to consume. How about you, Lewis? <laughs> so I think... And this is going to piss off a lot of the community, I should imagine. Don't really like chaos in general. <laughs> Bratty, aren't they? I mean, after 10,000 years, you haven't won anything. So just shut up and get back in line. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis, you've been on about how it's not always about the winning. Do you not, does, that, does that appeal to you? I mean, 10,000 years. Like, if I had played Valiance for 10,000 years, <laughs> yeah win anything even i would probably have given up by that point yeah that's fair that's fair okay that's interesting i i it, it always fascinates me how some players are just chaos types or not chaos yeah types. i think i don't know what it is I must have a hero complex. i'm quite a small individual so i probably uh probably trying to get myself some gratification or something by playing the hero hero oh that's no good if you're my nemesis and you're small that means <laughs> that you're the underdog that means there's <laughs> no way i can win no matter what happens <laughs> oh, i'm just doomed to fail <laughs> uh, one day that fashion is going to one shot something important in your I life. hope not <laughs> maybe that flag my will to live <laughs> Ed do you have a faction in mind <sighs> see Imperial Fists I started playing when I was 8 and yeah. thus my approach to the hobby was ooh shiny ooh shiny and thus new models are like plastic crack yeah, so I'm like yeah. y'all gotta need more of those new models um, yeah. <laughs> there's literally nothing I have played everything I will play everything so yeah, I'm going to yeah. give you the cop out answer of mm, Titan Legions because I wouldn't take 2000 point models to an event and that's, <laughs> that's the best I can do for you my man yeah no that's fine I appreciate that how about you Chris 
I'm looking down the list of different armies. Yeah, that's where I've gone as well. To see one I haven't collected. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, these days it would probably be um, orcs or imperial guard. Orcs, I think, are really cool, and I actually would, but the just the amount of effort to mm. build up an orc army from scratch, no interest. Um, and guard, I had them. I had, in eighth, I used parts of like guard, but I never ran them like fully as guard. And yeah. you know, they come out, they're really good. I, they just don't really appeal. To be honest, also space marines, like generic space marines. I've done it in the past with space walls, but they, there's no appeal to me for that. Grey knights are the only ones in that area. I've got a giant box of tyranids because I think they are really fun, but I haven't started working on them yet. You do. Tau, yeah. Tau, I don't think. I think some ways I really like Tau, but you know they're just dirty, dirty towels. So I don't know if they do it. Ed nodding along. Yeah, yeah. And I would say no to Chaos Space Marines, but I do have a Alpha Legion. Yeah, you got to finish your Alpha Legion, mate. Well, then you've got your combat patrol with the the Dark Apostle and the Hellbrutes to get on the table. One day, one day soon. So I guess. Probably the army I see myself least playing ever would be Orcs or Guard, one of them. Mm, You've got to paint a lot of straps. I would love love painting leather straps for Orcs. If everyone wants to build paint, I think Orcs would be super fun to do, but our our very own John Scrivens is, ever since I've met him, he's been the guy I play against who plays Orcs. I don't think I could take that away from him. I couldn't couldn't be (laughs) stepping on his turf. You have to be prepared to shout wah at full volume in the middle of a tournament. Otherwise, you're not not really... The controversial opinion in the pluses, I think, that makes me want to die inside, especially because (laughs) I played Orcs for an eight-month stretch. And especially, there were were times I would be playing an Orc mirror match and someone across the hall would shout wah and our eyes would lock and we'd just be like, I want to die. I can't do it. I do remember going to a 50-person event once. I can't remember where it was. Might have been a Hellstorm one, maybe not. Um, Where the Orc player wanted to call a war, and he managed to convince 49 other players to join him for his war against his opponent. (laughs) The whole tournament warred into his opponent. Yeah. (laughs) Which was quite funny. That's terrifying. I don't mind it on the Saturday. I hate it on the Sunday. I think that's that's, that's the moratorium. I'm hungover and a bit fragile on Sunday. On my way to my whatever, how many losses I'm about to have into some scary people. I don't need orcs screaming in the back. Uh, That's not the time. I've I've just looked down the list and there is genuinely one for me. There is only one on here that I think I can rule out. I think anything else is fair game. I will never play custodes. I don't get it. I don't like custodes. They're not for me. Don't like golden boys. I think I like the baddies and the weirdos, and some very muscly, handsome men in golden armor is kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. And I'm not, I'm not that bothered about them. I think also, and this is an interesting thing, because they came out in the sort of wilderness university in which I was not plugged into or thinking about the game at all. There is no emotional purchase for me at all. Whereas almost everything else in the game existed when I was a kid, and or I was more aware of it when I was a kid, and that's actually deep down why i love most of it in the first place and for some reason custodes were never bedded in like that so that i don't have that attachment to them yeah um, you're kind of like very, i mean that's the same with your personality tom you're very anti-establishment <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just i just like the weirdos i do like small the counterpoint what if you painted them red would that make you feel better about oh, God, here <laughs> No, no, no. These were painted legitimately with red, an actual red paint. 
So Yours are very nice, Ed. And I, I love playing against them. I don't mind playing against them. They present a particular challenge. They're just not one that I just yeah. nothing about collecting them appeals to me. No. Um, we had a question from Aaron, which is which member of Six Plus Plus would be which Primark? And Aaron, don't worry, that is a whole episode, um, <laughs> and we will will do a whole episode on that next time out. That should be very fun. Maybe you can come on and tell us which one you think you would be. Um, I'll be very curious to find out. Then we've got Chen has decided to post up follow up comments. Chen, this isn't the podcast comments tab, is it? That's not on, but I'm going to indulge you anyway. So, number one, Admec. Oh, now there's a question. Where is your head at with Meta Direction at UKTC with them? I'm going to aim this at Chris. Um, Lucius, by the sound of things. So, Chris, spill the beans. What's the magic? Where are you going to go with Admec? I think there's um, there's three ways. There's Tom's way. Oh, sorry, there's four ways. There's Tom way, Riser. Um, 30 rock walkers plus one to charge plus one to wound blood um, and rust have a great, those are dragoon, dragoons have a great time mm-hmm. um, I think that works on heavy boards um, I think there's uh, there's been quite a lot of success with Mars MSU mm-hmm. um, like lots and lots of five mans with plasma because you get your re-rolls um, and I think that can do some serious work and then you've got your two blocky builds um, you've got um Agrippina, which is um, extra AP at half range, and like a warlord trait or a type thing, which is shoot on death on a four up, um, which enables you to trade really, really well, and obviously is very good into even like deathwing terminators and that sort of thing. And I think in those lists you want to be running um, auto cannons as well as the last chickens, so like two big blocks of those to maximise that AP, because also cannons at minus two with that number of shots with two damage is very strong. Mm. Um, and then you've still got your blocky type units. And then you've got Lucius, which is, again, kind of like 60 troops, two units of four, Laz chickens, um, some sort of combat punch, either Dragoons or um, Rust Stalkers. And I think that's kind of where it's at. And I think, in my opinion, um, it's um, Agrippina or um, Lucius. Those are your two choices. I think blocky is the way to go. Um, and it depends. Do you want transhuman and teleport or do you want um shoot on death and extra ap at half range mm. i think that's kind of your that's your decision i like lucius that's what i'm going to be running um but i may well try out um a grip not after just to see see what it's like but yeah. definitely you completely yeah, neglected I, I feel to mention like... 50 catafron breaches Oh yeah, <laughs> list as well, which I'm very excited to play at some point on TTS because I will never buy yeah. those. Those are fifty of them. See what happens. You can, you know, there is a way of giving them full rerolls in combat. Yeah. But it's so funny when the book first came out, everyone was like, "Oh, no wonder they didn't get core. They'd be so strong if they had core." Mm-hmm. They got core. No one's still using yeah, them. No. Like, the game so is far, very different. So far, more effort has been put into one Goonhammer article telling you what you could do with them than into actually trying to do anything yeah. with them, as far as I can see. So they remain um, they remain a myth. And people it's have the models. Funky models as well. Yeah, people have the models. Really Nobody yeah, has so. 50 of them, though, right? Nobody had 50 of them. Ricard Nelson does um, from yeah. Sweden. And I, I feel like it is very much uh, an overwhelming... You know, it's a stat check list. It's yeah, uh, worse yeah, yeah. Deathwing Terminator. I, there is a hundred percent definitely play there. You know, toughness five, two up save, mm-hmm. three units. Pro- the shooting could be brutal. The combat's just like it's the fact they're good at both is yeah. quite yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're very good. It's yeah. just hitting on fours. Yeah, and do you want to play that list? Is always a big, oh yes, big please. Very, yeah. Will you enjoy it? Yes. I think I've on my face. My heart says Riser, but my head says Lucius. I think Riser, you could have a lot of fun with right now, and then Lucius, 
a teleport on something that dangerous in the meta we've got is just great to have. Just really great to have. And then the durability is obviously also fantastic. So it's really hard to look past it, I think. Yeah, I'll post my list massive in damage board. wherever you want it. That's it, and because yeah, everyone, yeah. everyone else is doing that right now, I think being able to bring one of those to your, to the party yourself is is just super good. I know as a player, I hate my opponent being able to teleport around mm-hmm. yeah. or having deep strikes to come in. So yeah. the fact that I can put eighty shots at minus two AP, hitting on yeah. potentially twos, yeah. um, just pretty in your funny, right? <laughs> Really jokes. Hey, so, yeah, you, uh, can, you can pick up probably 60 neophytes if you if you back yourself. That could be quite fun to try. <laughs> absolutely. Or 60 Vanguard, auto-wounding on force to hit. Yeah. Bye-bye any demons. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then Chen's other comment was, Saffron Slam is now vicious. You did this. <laughs> so having, having had no part in this... Who wants to explain what Chen means and why we've ruined Saffron Slam? I'm not sure vicious is the right word. <laughs> uh, well, I think we, we touched on it a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? The um, <coughs> It's not the most competitive event in the world. It's not going to be because the terrain is, is really dense, really cool terrain, but it's not UKTC terrain. So yeah, yeah. you could always argue that it might favour one player over another. Try and avoid that as much as we can, but that's always going to be a potential case. So I think that the competitive parallels you can draw from that event are probably limited. It's just the right blast. And yeah, actually, yeah. I think there are a lot of players that are quite good at actually playing on the same boards over and over and over and over and over again, event after event after event, probably want to try something a bit different. Um, 100%. That's what we're trying to achieve. But yeah, that does yeah, mean yeah. that we have a, uh, a bit of a system where we have some very, very good players coming to our events, which is great. Yeah. Um, but it does give the feeling sometimes it can be a shark tank at the top, but we kind of balance that with the fact that we really, really push the inclusive inclusivity and the welcoming atmosphere. And and I've knowing a lot of the top players as well as I do now, they come into it knowing what I'm trying to get out of the event and that I'm trying to make it an event that people who have never played 40 K tournament before can come to play some of the best players, but still have an absolute blast um, and not just get destroyed. Um, or if they do get destroyed, do it in a nice way. So, yeah. And I, and I think yeah. the crucial thing is those top players, you guys are six plus plus here and, and those from, from other, other teams that come are keyed into that as what the yeah. event is about and what the Buying into the spirit of it. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. So you, yes, you'd, have to, you'd have to be a real tosser to try and win it, wouldn't you? You'd have to be an absolute. But I mean, uh, uh, even Chris, we take the piss but when he did come. It, he was an absolute gentleman to play against. Oh, of course, absolutely, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Not had any problems. And someone's got to win the thing, right? At the end of the day, yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah. So no, that's yeah. cool. I'm, so I'm, I'm there's, definitely there's probably some good try players. Something really weird. Something really weird to to get in, get in with the vibe. But I haven't decided. It's a good yet. training ground for that. Jack Tight yeah, yeah. loves bringing his Thunderhawk gunship. Thunderhawk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go four and one with it. Um, so <laughs> thank you yeah. very much for those for those Chen. I was only only joshing with you about the, the comments <laughs> questions. Just mucking about. I think that's all the questions, isn't it? Have we missed anything? Um, yeah, pretty much. Great. So. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to this mammoth of a show really fun to have everybody on um and next time we're going to work out what primark we all are so i'm really looking forward to that that's going to be loads of fun so we will join you again for that in the future we have been the plus goodbye bye Bye. goodbye love you bye